Look, just so you know, I'm not a total nerd. I also happen to be super into close-up magic. What a nerd. All right, nerds. Let's go. Get those nerds! Nerds! Welcome to Nerdables. I'm Ari Rain. With me this week are Ethan and Chris, and we just got back from WonderCon. Yay. So we thought we'd give us our WonderCon review. And by just, he means more than 48 hours ago. Yes. Well, we're just recovering from coming back from WonderCon. The massive WonderCon hangover. The two of you that had Monday off while I had to work. And you guys <laughs> are recovering from coming back from WonderCon. I was, I was at Disneyland all day Monday, so yeah, I, I wasn't whatever. off. Yeah, that's oh, awful. that's so hard. Oh no, I had to go to Disneyland. Which, by the way, I ended up getting a, another print at Disneyland. Um, they were giving away a Captain America canvas print if you bought a swarm of pizza and uh, a Captain America cookie at you know the rocket, uh, whatever that uh, pizza rocket place is. Disney selling out <laughs> since the last time we bought <laughs> Avengers. Right. So, uh, what'd you guys think of WonderCon? Yeah, it was all right. What'd you think, Chris? Uh, now you've been to all you've been to all three I've been, of them here at Anaheim. Well, this is this is my fourth year going to WonderCon. Right. I went to the last year in San Francisco and the first three years here at Anaheim. Now, and this show is definitely different. Um, it's hard to put your finger on it, other than a lot of the names that were there the last two years weren't there this year. Yes. Um, uh, there's two other big cons going on. There was Salt Lake uh, Con was going on in Salt Lake. There was Awesome Con that was mm-hmm. going on over in Washington. Um, but one of the biggest things also is C2E2 is the upcoming weekend. Correct. Uh, one of the artists that uh, <coughs> I know through somebody else who lives here in, in the Southland, a uh, friend of mine asked this artist, you know, why didn't you go to WonderCon? And he said, if I went to WonderCon, I would go home for about 12 hours, have to pack, and then get on a plane to go to Chicago because C2E2 is so big. He was going to Chicago. He was leaving for Chicago on Tuesday because you need a full Wednesday to kind of set up and people that he's meeting and so on and so forth. So there was a lot of big names that weren't there this year. It was later this year, and obviously here in April. It was in March last year. Yeah, I think it was in March the first year too. Um, well, this is the second year they've done it with. It's the second year that they've done Easter it on weekend. Easter weekend. They seem to pick Easter weekend because it's empty. I guess nobody else takes Easter weekend for Anaheim, but it, it was it felt different. The first year obviously had that kind of excitement of a, a big show like WonderCon that was already a name established show moving from its location down right to Anaheim. And so there was some excitement and there was some energy there for that show because it was it was different. And there was a lot of people that I think went to WonderCon that year that you know, guys who kept missing out on Comic Con and so on and so forth. Well, you and last I both year, you and I both went to that last one in San Francisco. Yeah, we went to the last one in San Francisco. The one in San Francisco definitely had a different vibe because to it was, me, it felt like there were more panels that were interesting to go to. It wasn't so much that it was more panels. Um, there were definitely less panels available. It was just the two or three panels that they actually held. You remember where the Moscone Center in San Francisco, where we were at? There's only two rooms. Right. There's only two places you can hold panels. One of the big things of Anaheim, and and I saw this in the first year that I thought they didn't take advantage of is the fact that there's more panel room. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of well, course, the first year they had other 
there were other, other events that yeah. were there, and they weren't really using the panel. They weren't using the rooms where you would have panels, but you'd have to, you know, you have to go in a certain way to get to them or right. what have you. Um, There's less and less Marvel there now at WonderCon because they they focus more on C two E two. I do know that the last. It's not, I don't even think it's C two E two. I think Marvel focuses on two things, and it's San Diego and now, as you said. No, the fact that they focus on the the Disney event, right? Their oh, media, yeah, what, whatever the name of that is, uh, Decon or whatever it is, D twenty three. Yeah, the hell do they name it D twenty three for? Uh, there's a reasoning behind it, and I I can't That's think of it right That's a dumb name because there's twenty three D's in the name. I don't know. <laughs> just just sit wow. there. Just sit there. Um. Anyway, I I think they hold. You said it a year ago, two years ago, that you thought they would hold a lot of media for D23, and I think you may be right. Mm-hmm. Where their media, they're going to do what they do in Hall H because that's what everybody does in Hall H but for San Diego, but they're going to do any other sort of announcements or any other holds for, for D23 and give that kind of its, its focus there. So it's also the fact that Marvel is, is a multimedia company. DC is a multimedia company, right. you know, being a part of Time Warner and Warner Brothers. WonderCon is really, I think, geared more towards smaller publishers. If you notice, Image didn't even have a booth there. That, I know that was one of the things um, I was going to bring up. IDW had a booth. Valiant had a booth. Boom had a do- had a booth. Dark Horse. Dark Horse had a booth. Um, Dynamite didn't, but Dynamite doesn't do a lot of shows. Aspen anymore. had a booth. Aspen had a, a side booth. of the booth, right? You know, so companies that really are only focused on comics and some of their other projects that uh, other media companies take care of, they had. A pretty big presence, but also those guys also don't do a lot of panels. IDW does, and IDW's done panels for WonderCon ever since they've been in Anaheim. They've really taken advantage of the fact that they're only a couple hours away because IDW is based in San Diego. So they're able to bring everybody up, and I thought they had a big presence there, and they obviously have a lot of panels there versus some of the uh, the other, excuse me, the other um, uh, major Cons. publishers. Yeah. Um, Image, obviously, with its Image, Image Expo, uh, I think they try to hold all of their big stuff for that. And then the companies within them, something like Skybound, which is Robert Kirkman's company, shows up. And then Image Artists and stuff like that will be show up in Artist Alley. Artist Alley was fairly empty of anyone of a big yeah. name. Well, even even a lot of the people that were supposed to be there didn't show up. Well, I don't know about supposed to. I never really looked at the list. I kind of assumed that some of the people that were there last year weren't going to be here this year. But well, even if you walk past the booths, there would be there would be names up, but there would be for the whole weekend there was no one behind. Well, that names. could be a scheduling error too. Like I know, excuse me, uh, Mark Wade had a table in Artist Alley. I don't know why, but he had a table in Artist Alley, but he was never available because right. he was in panels for other projects because he's working with IDW and he's working with Marvel. Um. So he was rarely even available to be at the at the panel because he was also I think he was doing a signing in the IDW booth or something like that for uh, uh, his Rocketeer Spirit or whatever book they he's doing. They may have let him set it up just in case he had some time and he wanted to sell some of his stuff. Yeah, but I mean, he was every time we walked by it, he wasn't there. But mm. there were artists like that were there last year that weren't there this year. Um, I know Amanda Connor wasn't there. Jimmy Palmati wasn't there. Karen Hillian um, wasn't there. Uh, I'm trying to think. Of the, the, I had I had like five or six people that. We're in my head. Yeah, Levi Ramondelli wasn't there. Well, he was in. He was in Tokyo for. He was in thing. Tokyo for something different. Yeah, so for a Transformers thing. It was kind of funny because the major announcement of Transformers, which he was waiting for everybody to do, was held at a panel here in in Anaheim. Yeah, um, he did post the uh, the dual yeah, cover. He, he did it after they said what it was. He said he'd been waiting to do that for a while. Yeah, um, I had a bunch of other people in my head that that weren't there. That I had seen like two three years. There were some smaller ones. Like I know Cat Skaggs wasn't there. It was an artist mm-hmm. I follow. 
you didn't see a lot of the people that we normally see in San Diego, but people that we saw here in Anaheim um, the last couple of years. I know Stan Sakai wasn't there, but that's different it's because of the medical problems with his right. wife. He said he wasn't going to get a booth this year because he didn't know if he would be able to stay. Right. He just um, did. He was lucky to get up to Emerald Con. Yeah. He um, so he didn't have one there. I know a couple of different publishers that have not publishers, but like self-publishers weren't there. So it 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 had a different vibe. I know. I think independently, three different people like you, myself, and your wife all said that the middle of the of the con, when you get past Artist Alley, between Artist Alley and where the, most of the vendors were, looked like a Pinterest booth. Yeah, you know that it was booths and booths and booths. That was stuff that was available on Pinterest or Etsy. Lots of arts and crafts and that sort of thing. Some of the vendors, I don't know if it's maybe some of the kind of burnout on my end, but I just felt like nobody really had a lot to offer. We found one booth that had kind of vintage, not super vintage toys, but like 80s toys. Right. But everybody else either had something that was really, really, really old or, or brand really, new. Right. And, and but what I was surprised about was I did find a couple booths that were brand new toys that were either at retail or below, which was very unusual to find. Well, what, the, what a lot of these guys are doing now, I think, and I, I, talking to one of these booths that kind of bore it out, is when you get a case that's even, but you still have a hot item. I'm thinking now the Avengers Infinite. There's right. two figures in Avengers Infinite which are red hot, which is uh, Wasp by, by far. The Marvel Infinite. The Marvel, yeah. The Avengers Infinity or Avengers Infinite, whatever. Infinity. Marvel, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Um, that wasp is insane. Yes, and then um, it's not the Hulk. There's one other that's in there that was Cap like really is big. pretty rare. No, Cap was Cap was one of the five dollar figures at that booth. Was it? Yeah, Cap and Iron Man were five bucks. The ones that are out for that one, Grim they're, they're Grim Reaper, Cap, Hulk, Hyperion, uh, and Wasp. Hyperion and yeah, there's one other. That's the one I'm and forgetting. Iron Man. Yeah, I know Hulk was Hulk was in a couple of places over, but anyway, back to my point is the wasp takes care of the case. Correct. And you can sell the wasp at forty, fifty, sixty dollars. That buys the whole case. Mm-hmm. If you sell everything at retail, people will buy it. Right. What I was finding, uh, uh, one of the people I was talking to at a booth was, they said when you mark up everything, you make everything fifteen dollars instead. Of, it's normally ten dollars at, at retail. Mm-hmm. If you make all of it fifteen and you make wasp forty, you never sell any of the guys at fifteen. So even right. if you sell the wasp, you just you just break even on a case, and then you have to get all those guys. Down to five bucks because what'll end up happening, what's happened over the last year or so, is that Target and Toys R Us and these other places will get them later. Where yes, the Wasp will still be gone, but you can find Cap, Iron Man, mm-hmm. Hulk, Hyperion, and Grim Reaper at retail. Right. So people weren't buying them. So if you sell them at retail, you'll be able to move those not as desirable pieces. That booth that you're talking about with five dollar Iron Man and Cap, those are figures that kids will recognize and parents will buy them. They see it and go, oh, it's five bucks. I'll buy that. I'll buy both of them. But if you walked in there and you saw, you know, Hyperion, you saw Grim Reaper both for below retail, and you saw Wasp, and you were already thinking that you were wanting to pick up Wasp, more than likely you're going to also pick up that Grim Reaper and that Hyperion. It's a possibility, yeah. But it's more of the person that's going to buy the Wasp is going to buy the Wasp anyway. Right. I'm not going to buy the Wasp, but I'll buy the Grim Reaper for ten bucks. Mm-hmm. I won't buy the Grim Reaper for fifteen. What those booths are starting to discover is they're going to sell that wasp anyway because right. that one person is going to buy that insane price for that figure. It's everybody else that isn't looking to spend a ton of money. You have to get something acceptable. It's You look at the, 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 the booths that have the, the golden and silver age books, mm-hmm. like in really nice condition. 
those guys overprice their stuff like crazy because all they're looking for is that one guy right. that's going to buy that old, old Spider-Man for $1,000, mm-hmm. and everything everything's done. Um, we know some of the artists did really well. The guys that we interviewed, like uh, Jay Salvador and uh, NinjaBot, did fantastically well. Better than they've ever done before. And Jay Salvador has been in, in several of the cons. The right, yeah, and he's doing well at all the cons. But, you know, he... He was he left at twelve on Sunday. Right, he was so he completely was sold, out sold out. We were lucky we got in there and did that interview at that yeah. time. Um, but I know I was talking to one of the booths that sells comics. It's a guy I know through my other endeavors, mm-hmm. and he said he had to slash his prices like crazy just to break even because he he had to get people to start spending money because they weren't going to spend money at the prices that were there. Now, obviously, almost every single person that walks into a con, there's always that thing of. How much will you let that go for? I know what it says on it, but how much will you let it go for? Right. Well, you, you know, the whole thing. How much is this? 40? Will you do it for 30? No, I told you 40. And you go back and forth. Comics don't do that as much as like a single toy or, or whatever. Correct. So it's hard to kind of, if someone has a book that's $3 and you're going, okay, I'll give it to you for two, that doesn't mean anything. If you have 30 of them at $3 and you said, instead of 90, I'll give it to you for 60, that's a huge, that's a huge savings to you. <coughs> It, but he's still making his money or what have you. But I thought the comics dealers were a little more, I don't know, roughshod. Uh, it seems difficult to sell comics there. There's that one booth in the middle. That There's guy that has that one, that one booth. booth. You know, that's the thing is I think he takes care of that whole market. Right. That whole fan that's looking for that one comic, that two comics, that 15 comics that has a list. That guy goes to that booth. Mm-hmm. Nobody else can compete with that guy. Right. And then there's other booths that have um, – there's there's one company that has the brand-new comics and brand-new trades. They have, like, three booths there. Yeah. They take care of that. Well, then you have one that yeah, has – That's why you don't, you don't that... see a lot of local shops go to this type of thing. And, and one of the reasons is, I think, for, for those types of shops is they realize they can't offer anything that isn't already being offered. Right. This was my problem with the toys. No one offers anything different than anybody else. Everybody has the same 80 pop vinyls, and they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, They're 10 bucks. Nobody ever has a different price. There's one booth that did, which yeah. through the grapevine I found out Funko went over to them and bitched them out for selling them under, under market. Really? Yeah. They went over to them like, you can't sell them for less than this. It's like, we bought them. We'll sell them for whatever the hell we want. Yeah. But apparently... A little birdie told me that Funko went over <laughs> and yelled at them for selling them for seven instead of ten. They didn't have a full selection. It was stuff that they bought on clearance. Um, but that's uh, that's uh, wondering because I mean Funko already made their money off of them when they bought them. The thing so with why it, do they're, they care because they're trying to con- they're trying to control that perceived market. To me, this the, the, again, this is my speculation. It's an idea of if these guys are selling it for seven, then fans start to wonder why is everybody else selling it for ten. Funko seems to think everyone should sell these for ten dollars at least. You know, when they when they first come out of retail, and then as you see stuff disappear, you'll see higher prices. There's one booth I found that had some of the DC guys in there because you couldn't see any of them. I mean, it was it was pretty much the same ten, fifteen the, you know lines. Deadpool, it was the Deadpool was the one that everybody seemed to want, and everybody was getting the the. And I I found out it had a variant. There's a variant. There's a Deadpool and Wonder Woman last year had previous exclusives. The, there's the Deadpool. The maskless. Pre- the, the one there's a maskless one that was a previous exclusive, and there was also one that was done in the um, Uncanny X Force colors. Right. In the gray and black. But even then, it's it's the same. You see Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, Disney, He Man, 
uh, Muppets. Muppets. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much it. Marvel, I guess, had a little bit for, for some of them. I didn't see a lot of them. For me, Pop Vinyl, I kind of looked at it. I was looking at the Game of Thrones ones for a friend, and I'm looking like, these all look exactly the same. Because, <laughs> you know, they don't have uniforms. So They were just so, there, there was so much Pop Vinyl everywhere that it just, after a while, I just stopped, you know. Yeah, there's really no point. Out. That's the thing. Like, that's the sort of thing I'm talking about. If everybody has the same stuff, you stop looking at all those booths. Mm-hmm. You walk by a booth and go, oh, it's a wall of Pop Vinyl again. Oh, look, it's the same five action figures that the other guy has. It's the same five new figures that this guy has. It's right. the same five Legends figures that this guy has. You know, everybody had the Cap and, and Superior and Spider-Man um, Legends figures, right? And everyone was sold out of Winter Soldier, Black Widow, and uh, uh, the no, other we, one I found a couple of Black Widows, but they were like seventy-five bucks. Yeah, but that's the thing. Well, see, is those are the either, ones that went and picked them up early on. Yeah, and they're either they're either sold out or they're just massively expensive. Um, same thing with the Cap. All the cap figures are retail except Carnage. Carnage is eighty bucks or fifty bucks. Well, I, think I know the cheapest the, I saw someone sell for was fifty. The things from another world booth. They had pop vinyl and they also had a great deal going on trades, and you could not get in there to look at the trades because of everybody in there for the pop vinyl. Well, I got in there to look at the trades. I finally did on Sunday, but it was it took me like an hour to go through that booth because of all the people that were in there. Well, like, yeah. it's also the fact when it wasn't me. in any sort of order. Excuse me. Oh, that um, was horrible. That that was the bad part. Like, Torpedo has that stuff in order, but they also have, like, super mounts. It's, I ended up with not as many trades as I usually get, but some of that, it, I don't think that's WonderCon's fault as much as the fact that I have access to trades so much more now, and I've done so many cons that there just isn't that much out well, there. Well, that, that the isn't brand new. So many of those booths that you, you go through at least three times a year. You go through them at Kamikaze. Yeah. You go through them at I will say this year, though, there was a lot of them that had stuff they had stuff that I hadn't seen. Um, like right. last year, for the entire year, even when in WonderCon, when I'm sitting there at WonderCon, going, "This is the same stuff I saw at Kamikaze uh-huh. in 2012. This is the same stuff I saw at San Diego in 2012." There was one booth in San Diego that had like newer stuff. There was enough of of some new stuff in there. I ended up putting a lot of stuff back because it was just, you know, I told myself I wasn't going to do the try me thing. I'm like, "Oh, this book's only going to be ten dollars because it's half off." I've I'll read that. What the hell? When we were at Things from Another World, there's a apparently they they Marvel reprinted the Nick Fury Agent of Shield that was released like in the late '80s. It's a run yeah, that nobody it. knows about. Right. That book's thirty four ninety nine at retail, and it's it, it's half the size of of like anything else. It's just it was a stupid price. And even then, when I looked at it and going, well, even if this is half off, it's not worth it. So I was trying to find nine other titles to it's get like because they had the yeah they had trade. ten they had ten ten trades for six bucks the whole time but it was just tough because they didn't have a lot of uh, volume ones they sold out of those fairly quickly but yeah I found some stuff there um, yeah I bought stuff from cheap graphic novels and then uh, I bought stuff from Dark Horse the last day as they finally came to the point where they they discounted their stuff in the booth. Well, they waited till like the last. Uh, I think you said the last hour because like I know the last hour, the last ninety minutes. Yeah, when I went by early on on Sunday, because last year they discounted all day on Sunday because they said we're not transporting anything back. You know, we want it, we don't. It's going to cost us more to ship than it is to actually you know sell it here mm-hmm. at a discount. So I was like, I went up there. I was like, okay, so when's your when, when's your sale going to start? Well, we can't confirm or deny we're going to have it, but we should because we don't really want to take anything back. And then the last hour, apparently, and there were a couple of Star Wars that I wanted to pick up. 
Which, by the way, we do have some breaking news that it's not really an exclusive, but it hasn't been really announced through Dark Horse yet. That, um, as everybody knows, the Star Wars comics are coming to an end. That they're you know the license is up, and Disney's going to have it back to Marvel or hand it back to Marvel, I should say. Um, we've been all trying to figure out when Star Wars comics were going to stop being released on a weekly, monthly basis and when the collections would have to be done and when they could no longer sell their comics. And we did get a little bit of a insight to that. And it is kind of an exclusive because Dark Horse has never really come out you know, publicly and said. Why don't you say it instead of continuing to you ramble only, I, on? So instead of milking yeah. how long... You talked to someone at Dark Horse and they said the last time they're releasing comics is in October. The last time they will be so releasing they'll be Star releasing Wars. their trades until December. Correct. They will collect those and, and everything will be in done in months. December. So and then they're going to they're already starting to sell off to wholesalers. Yeah. So the end of Star Wars with Dark Horse will definitely be at the end of. So December. I think earlier when we had that, uh, when we were first having the discussion about where those comics were going to go and what they were going to do, I think we mentioned that as well. In addition to when we were saying when Marvel's going to start, mm-hmm. they weren't going to start until October. Now I'm wondering if the if the average retail store is going to be able to pick those up at a discount to sell in their stores or if they're just of going to still will i mean or if they're just going a, to go like maybe not a discount but they'll still continue to get it at their wholesale price That's well usually something like that when you have to burn off product if if you can't sell it past a certain date you can't sell it which means you'd you'd have to burn it right you know you'd have to pretty much throw it away or destroy it mm-hmm. it depends on the deal like well, we so were discussing this with idw idw no longer has the doctor who comics license in america it's now gone to titan but IDW is still able to solicit what stock it has on hand and able to offer that, and they're offering you extreme discounts because there's probably a grace period. They may have that with Dark Horse, where Dark Horse may have a grace period until January February, and I think a lot of it depends on what Marvel wants to do with it, what Disney slash Marvel wants to do with the new product. They're going to want to do... I think they're going to want to do their own thing. They're not going to continue any of these series. I don't think they're going to do a single comic until... September, October at the earliest. Uh, yeah, I don't think you'll see anything before episode seven. Yeah, I think you'll see it two months before because you you, you need time to ramp up publishing and everything. And, it, you know, as we're talking about today, the fact that they haven't even started principal photography, they haven't even finished their cast yet, stuff like that. Well, they, they they're have, not going to see. They have announced that they have started secondary photography. Yeah, they have started secondary. We'll talk about that on a different show, but anyway. Right. But in terms of, of how it relates to comics, as you may not, I don't think there's going to be anything that they're willing to hand to a publisher like, hey, make a comic based on Episode 7. Here's the full script right? until the summer or late summer when they're doing post-production. And it's going to take you two months to get something on, on there. So I don't, I don't think you're going to see anything until October, November, and you're only going to see one book. And, and it's, it's going to be, be just a setup or something. It's it's going to be a setup or it's going to be a side character. It'll be that sort of thing that takes place during that time. But yeah. Yeah, they had some stuff. Dark Horse did... Uh, I think it was also um, fitting when Mike Mayhew, who's working on the Star Wars, had his kind of spotlight piece that you and I attended yes. for his process for that book. There was no one official from Dark Horse there. There was no It one. was him. He ran his own, which was actually – I should like that without panel people. I thought that was better. Well, it was um, more open and more – it was more yeah. connected to the it was crowd. A very long table with one person's in yeah, that's that's what he's talking. He's, you know, he can't really stand at a podium since he's trying to show images and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I will say the other thing I'm impressed with that is I thought I thought the people asking questions weren't completely stupid. No, there was which is very uh, very 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 rare. unusual, very yeah. rare for uh, um, a panel. 
I mean, as, we're, as we're talking about this, I can't even remember what the hell I went to on Friday. Did I do any panels on Friday? I don't think I did. I think you went to maybe one or something. I thought I did one or two. I can't remember what they were though. <laughs> um, some other news. I'm trying to remember what what did I sit what did I sit in with uh, with Eric? What did I where did I go with white chocolate on Friday? And I really I can't even remember. Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even drinking, folks. This is crazy. Well, I know that DC. While, while, while you're thinking about that, the I know what I did on Saturday. Yeah. but I'm trying to figure out Friday. On Friday. Oh, uh, that's right. I went to Teen Titans Go. That yeah, awesome. that's right. You went to Teen Titans while I was at IDW. Yeah. I was at the IDW Hasbro, and uh, they announced... And that was, that was actually the day of the making of the Star Wars, too. Yes. Uh, at IDW Hasbro, they announced Primus, which is going to be the new... They're doing a, they're doing a, uh, a comic based on that band? <laughs> no, it's the new Transformers. It's going to uh, go back to some of the origin stuff, and uh, it starts in August... Uh, they announced some of the artists. I gotta, uh, I gotta say, just just looking at the covers for their next sort of series, it looks so convoluted. I'm wondering if it's time to start it over. Um, considering that they're they're doing more than meets the eye, uh, robots on disguise, and now they're starting with. Um, oh crap! What's the new one that just came out uh, last week? Uh, it's based off of the the fan character. It's uh, Windjammer. Windjammer. That's it. Great. Yes. Um, yeah, then they have that, and then they're going into Primus and everything, and then they're going to still do Generation 1. And, yeah, I, I think it's time for them to to basically do what they're doing with G.I. Well, Generation, no, Generation 1's over. Is it? Yeah, they ended that series at 100. Oh, okay. That, um, was, that was the reason to do it, was that uh, Simon Furman and his crew, uh, they didn't end the Marvel series the way they wanted to. Yeah. Uh, G.I. Joe at 155, I think um, Larry Hama had kind of already knew that it was coming, and he ended it sort of where he wanted to. Or at least didn't have a problem with it. Where Simon Furman always wanted, he had like one last big story to tell, right. and he couldn't do it because it got canceled at like eighty-eight or something like that, or seventy-eight or eighty. Um, so when he went back to IDW, he said he only wanted to go to issue a hundred and then just cut it, and gotcha. that was the end of the series. So that series won't won't be there anymore. But well, their big announcements were that Tom Feister is going to do a cover for um, episode or for uh, GI Joe Real American Hero for episode seven. Yeah, GI yeah. <laughs> Joe Real American Hero. Uh, I believe it's 202 or 203, so it's one of the ones that's coming up. Um, they also announced that starting in May, they will have the license to do the Littlest Pet Shop, so they're going to expand their girls' line. So now they'll have My Little Pony and Littlest Pet Shop. As a whole, that line is killing it for them. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, it really is. The, the My Little Pony line has been phenomenal for them. Well, the thing, this, especially with those type of comics, it's the num- those original numbers are always tough to tell because kids' comics are, are, are such a different beast now. And I noticed shops are, are kind of missing the boat on this, too, To in, in my opinion, in that kids' comics are a long-term sort of thing where the month that comes out is not going to be the month that it sells because right. kids don't uh, – kids can't get to shops on their own. They're not monthly buyers. They're, it's not even – yeah, they're not monthly buyers because they can't get to a shop monthly. Usually, unless you have someone who's attached to someone who's a weekly buyer or a bi-weekly buyer – if your dad or your mom or your big brother or your big sister goes to the shop every week, fantastic. You know, when I first started buying comics, I was only buying G.I. Joe and Star Wars, but I might go nine weeks, ten weeks without going to a shop because I had to wait until my mother went out to Simi Valley. That was the only shop that was that was relatively close. And we didn't go out there every week. You know, we didn't even go out there every month. So, you know, you may see two, three issues on a rack for me at the time. Um, and same thing here. You know, it's 
I imagine bundles of My Little Pony is selling. You know, someone walking in and going, I, you know, I haven't seen this. The last issue I had was 13 or whatever, and it's one of now it's up to 17. Right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 big in that uh, in that initial, but their reorders for that book are also crazy too. So, and then the other big, really big announcement is that um, GI Joe comics are not dead with IDW. They're they're actually going to bring them back this starting this September. They're just on life support. Yeah, <laughs> really. Well, the franchise is on life support. The franchise, that's exactly it. So it's it's such a long window. That's the thing that's kind of weird to me is is why end it now? Especially on the 50th anniversary? And you're waiting until September. Uh, it, it's it's a hard... It's much like uh, Toys R Us's has, slash Hasbro's announcement of new product hitting the shelves. They've also said that won't be there till fourth quarter almost. September, October. So maybe it's just a major push then. Do you think that Hasbro is is trying to do a revamp of the line and just do a major push? I think push? what they're trying to do is make make you feel uh, somewhat bad for not buying the product. Well, so no, because here's saying, the thing. Hold on. They're saying, like, oh, well, we're just going to take it away. And so that's going to make cause the fans to be like, oh, well, you know, if we buy the product, then they'll they'll see that we want it and we'll keep it or something to that effect, you know? IDW was they were very cryptic with what they were saying about GI Joe. They didn't really say anything. You know, they they basically showed an image. It was in scarlet on the side, saying you know September, and that was basically they said, "Oh, that's all we can say." I'm wondering since it is the 50th anniversary and everything, if there's not going to be maybe a new Hasbro cartoon coming out, and since you know we're not seeing anything as far as the line really this year, you you know you're not getting anything from IDW really until. September, which would be about the time when a new cartoon would come out, you know, if they're going to do a relaunch then. I think with the lead-up that you'd need for an animated product like that, you would have already heard about it. And the fact that, you know, they dumped G.I. Joe Renegade so quickly, I, I don't know if they think that that's the right way to go. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe it is. Maybe You don't think it. that they'd wait till Comic-Con to make that announcement? I don't think so. It, 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 it's not in the sense of making an announcement. It's the fact that it, if if it was... If it was going to happen in September, it would have already started, and someone would have leaked it. Yeah. Something like that, you can't keep a secret. I mean, it's just it's the shame of the world we live in now that you get announcements for major media like that. You don't get announcements that people – that's a surprise unless it's something that hasn't happened yet. You know, When they first announced Captain America was going to be the Winter Soldier, it was because nothing started with that movie yet. Right. That was the very first thing was the producers and Marvel Films – Got together and said, we're going to do the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is the week before Comic-Con. Make up a quick image and let's get it on there. They And, and they probably had to fight tooth and nail just to keep that from leaking out. Which is like um, with the last year's announcement of Age of Ultron. Yeah. I mean, it, it these type of things, if they're going to make – I would imagine if you're going to make a cartoon with how long it takes to do animation, unless you're South Park – um, you would have already started it. If you're going to do a 13, 14, 15, 22, 25 episode season, you would have had to already start on it. I mean, look, Rebels is going to come out in September, and that's already in production. Well, yeah. The I fact mean, it has finished product left, you know, finished product that's already done. Well, with, with any of the cartoons, you start a year or so out before right. you're going and to. And I don't, I don't think that whatever company is working on it, if there was one, someone in there would have leaked it. 
Someone in there wants to be the cool guy that calls CBR or calls Ain't It Cool News or whatever. Go, hey, we're working on G.I. Joe. Right. You know, breaking news, G.I. Joe cartoon starting this September. It's going to suck just like all the other one. Well, but there, there, are, there are things where, you know, you do have to, like, I know that, you know, for my daughter who's working on a top secret project right now, you know, you sign non-disclosures, things like that. And, yeah, you, know, you sign non-disclosures if you're talent. If you're working there, if the janitor at... You know, Sunbow Studios is he sees something on the wall that says GI Joe. GI Joe. He's gonna he that type of person knows now how to get to the places he needs to get right. to in order to reveal it. What it used to be is the guys who signed NDAs were the only ones that knew how to get to Variety, Hollywood Reporter, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Now I can send an email to anybody on Ain't It Cool and send them a paycheck stub that says that I work at. X Animation Studios, and I'm telling you, there's GI Joe on the wall. Right. And I took a picture of it. Here it is. Right. You know. Well, I mean, you see, now you, I mean, you see with any movie nowadays, you know. I mean, I've seen you, stuff. You, I've you, had you, friends. I've had friends at Sideshow, and trust me, the the one time that I got to go there, I got to see a ton of stuff that was not even close. Right. And it was all stuff. They're like, we're not announcing this for months and months and months, and it was out like six weeks later. Yeah. You know, it was it was somebody there. Had to leak it to let everybody yeah, know. Yeah, oh, I, I, I get what you're saying. That. I get what you're saying. You know, I mean, in this day and age of you know social media, you know, it is very hard to keep anything a secret. Um, there was a so you went to the Batman 75th anniversary panel. I went to the Batman 75th anniversary panel. Really, uh, <laughs> we went to the Rebels panel, yes. and then I went through the DC Entertainment panel, and then went to Batman 75, and it was very weird dichotomy to have that panel in between and the DC one. Not that it was a bad panel. Which, it just didn't have any of the excitement of the other ones because it was just about Flash, Green Lantern, and Detective. Oh, you're talking about the New yeah, 52. The New 52 I was, panel was like right in the middle. It didn't really feel to me like there was anything that was... It was all talking about stuff that was coming out this week or next week. Yeah, well, it's it's a focused panel with the creators that were that were there. Right. Um, but it wasn't focused on the creators that was there. So... But the the seventy fifth actually gave you the seventy fifth was was seventy uh, fifth panel was was a lot of fun. I was glad I stayed in that for it. I, I I was debating whether to stay for that panel or not after we finished Rebels because I knew I was going to be in that chair for three hours, which wasn't something I was looking forward to. <laughs> but the Batman seventy fifth panel turned out to be one of my favorite panels that I think I've been to in a long time, and um, you know we were. Uh, tweeting from it almost the whole time I was there. Well, actually, the first half of it, and then I kind of I kind of got caught up in the panel. I'm like, I'm sick of typing. So, right. Um, you had a panel with uh, Jim Lee, uh, the producer of uh, the Beat Taz, as they call it, Batman the Animated Series, whose name all of a sudden escapes me, and I apologize. Uh, Bruce Tim, uh, Kevin Smith, and Ralph Garman, and Kevin Conroy got the biggest round of applause when he came out nice. as the voice of Batman, which was really cool. Um, it, it was a cool celebration of, of a lot of the big moments, and one of the things that they talked about, <clears throat> one of the big uh, themes of it was that cultural touchstone of Batman, the fact that Batman has touched the American pop consciousness. Consciousness? That's a new word. Consciousness. Yeah, consciousness. We, American we, pop we come up with new words all the time. Uh, Batman has touched the American pop consciousness uh, in different ways, but almost continuously. It's kind of what we talk about with Star Wars now, the fact right. that people don't remember that between about 1984 and 1990, there was, there was no Star Wars. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't something that everyone was just a ubiquitous, I know what this is and there's a new product or whatever. But in terms of Batman, they went through a lot of different things. They talked about the Batman TV show, Batman 66, 
And um, that was one of those things that you know, the, the reason that Batman is so popular. We talked about G.I. Joe. G.I. The reason G.I. Joe is so popular is because of that cartoon. That cartoon sucks. Right. But most people hold that cartoon as something warm and fuzzy in their heart because that brought them to G.I. Joe. Same thing here. We have Batman 66, which nothing like the comics as they were being created at the time and nothing like what it would become in the 80s when Frank Miller would take over. But there was a story that Kevin Smith told <clears throat> about there was this this kind of movement to turn your back on Batman 66, and it was something that even the heads of the publishing in D.C. were also talking about. And he tells the story of being uh, talking to Matt Wagner, who was a, a creator who's done um, a lot of independent work. He's a creator, Grendel, Mage. Right. Uh, but he's also he's a big Batman fan, and he's worked on Batman on a number of different projects. And he was writing Batman Grendel 2, as I kicked the mic out just like you did. Um, he was writing Batman Grendel 2, and, uh, which is a fantastic series, by the way. Batman Grendel 2 has Robin in it, and at one point, okay. Batman refer- refers to Robin as Old Chum. And DC Publishing said, don't put that in there. I was like, why? He said, well, that reminds everybody of the TV show, and we don't want to remind anybody of the TV show. And Kevin Smith was talking about it. He was one of those people just like them. I was like, no, no, we don't, we don't, we don't acknowledge that exists anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, it got swept under the rug for quite a few it was, years. It was something where it, it, the, the hip thing to do was to just ignore the fact that this really popular TV series that brought Batman into the consciousness of almost every single American in this country was something that was to be derided and pushed under a rock somewhere, and we were supposed to forget about it. Well, if you think about it. So the story, as the story goes, is DC tells Matt Wagner... Don't put that in there. We're going to take that out. We don't want people to be reminded of the 66 series. And Wagner basically said what I just said. He says, look, if you love that series, then fucking love that series. Don't turn your back on that. That's why people know Batman. And people aren't stupid enough or aren't so stupid that they wouldn't be able to see the differences between that Batman and a current Batman and a, a dark and brooding Frank Miller Batman. Right. And as Kevin Smith put it, he's like, he just turned around like, yeah, right. You're supposed to love that series. If you love that series, you do it. And as he's telling the story, he's like, dude, I just got schooled by Matt Wagner. What the hell just happened? So, you know, they went through that. They went through um, Michael Keaton's Batman movie, which got a, a pretty good round of applause. And they said, you know, it was more of a reflection of what Frank Miller did mm-hmm. with Batman Dark Knight and uh, Batman Year One of making the character dark and brooding well, and serious. And that's when the mainstream audience really, you know, saw the change in Batman. You know, granted in the comics there was, you know, there was a change you saw with Frank Miller and everything, but after the 66, you still saw Batman in a cartoon form doing the same stuff he did. Well, in yeah, 66. you have you have Batman 66, but you also got to remember he had Super Friends as well. Right. You know, so they and didn't it, they didn't touch on it in the panel, but it was something that I was thinking of at the time was the two major incarnations of Batman until Burton's movie were a live action series that was much like a cartoon and a cartoon where it's the same thing. You know, it's everyone was his chum and his friend. And, and he showed you. up in Scooby-Doo. The, yeah. And, with and, the and, same it was, and it was very style. light sort of thing. I mean, he was still kind of that same basis of the character of being the, the, the guy who fit in the Justice League, even though he didn't have any powers. He didn't turn right. into water and, or a monkey or whatever. Um, but he was able to hold Wonder his own Wonder Twin powers Superman activate! And, and, uh, and Wonder Woman, what have you. So the Batman one got... Yeah, Mike, uh, Tim Burton's Batman... Which I still think is kind of a cartoon too. I just don't think that movie holds Going up. Going back well. and watching it now, it does. Oh, so yeah, it just doesn't hold up. But it, for the time, you know, 
uh, again, Kevin Smith talking about it and, and something that I agreed with. Again, people now don't realize what it was like back then. When you're in 1988 and no one is, you know, comics aren't cool and all that other stuff, to have a film out which was super popular, which showed that there was an appetite for this larger than the fanboys who were reading the comics. You remember, Batman was everywhere. Mm-hmm. That Batman TV shirt, t uh, shirt, was everywhere. Yeah, you know there was so much merchandise out there, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't merchandise that was sold at a comic shop. It was at Walmart. It was at Target. It was at all those big places at the time. And you know, Batman's Batman's a huge film because even more, I think, more so than than Superman ever did. It showed the world that. In fact, people not only who read comics will go see these movies, but people who don't read comics but know that kind of character will go see that type of film. Well, it also showed that you could do a darker superhero film and people would still go to it. Yeah. I, mean, I think that the, the, the real cultural reson- resonance of that film is the fact that that's, to me, that's the start of that acceptance. Now, it took another two decades to do it, mm-hmm. but I think that start was there of people who make these type of products people who, people who have the money to give the money out realized there are people who want to buy this stuff there are right. people who want to see it and then they put batman the animated series up on the screen mm-hmm. and that crowd went fucking nuts and i think this type of you know you have a younger age than what we are that attaches themselves to that but you also have people our age. That TV series came out when we were in high school. Yeah, you know. But it was still holy crap. And that was a, you could be six, seven, eight years old and you would love that series. You could be sixteen, seventeen, or eighteen and you love that series. Mm-hmm. You could be twenty five and you love that series. But remember that series? They also premiered it in the evening, and it was more than just a kids' cartoon. Like the yeah, Super it was Prince like was. the, the this first time a- I ever remember seeing it was actually. <laughs> I remember coming home from Universal Studios. I went with my mother and my brother. And my father was watching it at like 4.30 in the afternoon. And he looks at me like, have you seen this? This is really good. And I'm like, what the hell are you watching? You're watching Batman? This is good. I really like this. So uh, that, that as much as, like I said, Kevin Smith got a big ovation. Ralph Garman got a big ovation because it's here in, in Southern California. He's on K-Rock every morning. Well, they also did the Jim Batman Lee, on Batman. Yeah, Jim Lee gets a big ovation because he's Jim Lee. But Bruce Tim and Kevin Conroy were the rock stars of that panel. And, and I think a lot of people understand their love of Batman started with Bruce Timm yeah. more than anybody else. The there was animated mixed... series is my favorite uh, Batman Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean it's almost everyone... When, again, going back to their theme of that cultural touchstone, like where, where do you start to love Batman? For me, my start to love Batman, and, and very few people, I think, have it in a comic book as much as so many people have it where they went to comics after they saw it. Even uh, I think Kevin Smith even said it. He went. He saw the Michael Keaton Batman before he went back and read Frank Miller's. I, think I could have that wrong. It might have been the other way around. For me, it was reading Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. I read Eric's copy, and I was going, holy crap, this is totally different than anything I'm reading, and, and absolutely loved it. But, like, Ethan, to your point, a lot of people entered, oh, my God, I love Batman for Batman the Animated Series. It was a character that you knew already. Right. It was a character that's in your brain, but you never saw it come out in a way, never presented to you in that way. And so that was huge for, for so many people. And then they went to the the um, uh, Christopher Nolan movie. They show Batman Begins, and the guy behind me was like, that's the only one I like. 
Well, the other two are stupid. They're just stupid. And he just keeps <laughs> talking, and finally his girlfriend's like, would you shut up? Like, we're trying to hear them talk. I was like, if you don't like those movies, then why the fuck are you here anyway? But I like Batman. You know, I like Batman. I just, I don't like a lot of incarnations of Batman. All I like is Batman. girlfriend just smacked him. All I like is Batman. I should have smacked him. Those other two movies are fucking awesome. I don't care what people say. Dark Knight Rises is awesome. We need to, we need, we need to do a, just a Batman episode. I think up. we just did. I know. <laughs> so obviously, I mean, Batman. again, going to talk about panels of what ended up being exciting is I could talk about the Batman panel now for 20 minutes. Where there really wasn't another panel that we went to. Even the Rebels panel was... Well, did, I was going to ask you, did you... After going to the Rebels panel, because I know you've been very, very mixed, whether or not you really want to get into this show, after... I'll watch the show, I just don't know if I'm going to like it. Yeah, after, after... I watched five seasons of Clone Wars, and I think I like two of them. Yeah. I think if you put together all the episodes of Clone Wars that I would sit there and say, I'm a fan, you'd have two full seasons. But after hearing everything leading up to... What Rebels is and all the characters that are talking about and how you know it is going to be on Disney. Did this make you feel more comfortable with what you're going it's to be? It's the same exact out? thing. I feel the same exact way because I think Disney's talking or whoever is associated with this is talking out of both sides of their mouth. Yeah, because you have them saying it's going to be darker because it takes place in a darker time, but we're also doing it more of a cartoon style and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't remember the last time being chased down by an intergalactic empire that's hell-bent on killing you is fun. Spaceballs. Um, I do. It's that one time. There was that one time. time there was that one time when Darth Vader was chasing me, was and yeah. he was wearing pink, and uh, I don't know. he had a what? smile on his face. So I, don't know. I, just, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't... I still don't know what this series is, and, and there hasn't been a lot of it, and obviously it's a couple months before it premieres. I'm sure we'll know more before or during Comic-Con. But I'm sure we'll get, a, we'll get the first episode of Comic-Con. I don't think they're going to show the first one. I think they'll show half of it. You'll probably I get think, a trailer. You well, know they've what? had like trailers and little pieces of, and obviously mm-hmm. they showed a little, not obviously, um, they showed a little snippet of, of a scene. It was fairly short. You're right. They may not. They may wait until D23 in August to that's, do it. Yeah, it's a possibility. Or they may just wait and, and premiere it when it does, because probably they're afraid of leaking it too. That's the other thing is, with this type of stuff now, you're so afraid to put stuff out there. I mean, look at what Marvel did with Guardians of the Galaxy. They showed that little trailer. Uh-huh. It went it went viral within 20 minutes, and then they had all their, their internet police shut everybody down. Yep. Cost them thousands of dollars to chase all these people and get it off the internet. Because they just, well, we don't want anybody to see it for another two months. Whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I still... I'm not... Excited, like when I saw Clone Wars, I was excited because I'm like, "Oh, cool, new Star Wars content and everything," and I enjoyed that first season a lot because I thought a lot of that was kind of the, the, in terms of production, it was the Wild West for them too. They're like, "We're not even exactly sure what the hell we're doing. We're just right. going to push the limits." And then once they hit their groove, it's like, "Oh, look what we can do! We can make it look real awesome." Like, yeah, but you're, it doesn't make any sense. Well, it wasn't or what we expected either. We were hoping more. I, I know for me, and I know we, you and I have talked about this quite a bit. We were hoping for more of a military, you know. About, you know, it was supposed to be more about the clones, and it ended up being more about... Well, just the fact of more of dealing with the war and not dealing with, you know, an entire episode based on well, financial, yeah. you know, financial regulations or something. It, it, Clone Wars is very uneven. Every I think everything goes through unevenness, but I'm hoping the base of Rebels is good. I just don't know. I really don't. I'm, I'm, I'm well, just I know not that, sure. I know that... Uh, uh, they said one time that they would put a series you know, together, and then they show everything to George, and then George would go back and go, ooh, you know what? I really want to know how that got, they got to that point or how that happened. So they'd be done with a season, so then like season three they would start out with, 
telling you a story that you know the back end of a story that you already had seen or the front end of a story. Well, when you if, if you read the um, the Star Wars Insider that that has the episode guide for the five seasons and they talk about the production of why stuff went out, out of order and it was simply that they would make these episodes in order in chronological order and then they were shown out of chronological order because where the season was ending at twenty two episodes. That's not the right, you know, we're not going to end it with a bunch of trainees figuring out, you know, how to get past a certain obstacle course. Right. And then because what they wanted was a two-parter that was supposed to be part four and five of the next season, you lose the 22nd episode, but you also lose the 21st episode that leads up to the training episode. So all of a sudden they take four and five and they put it here and then they move those episodes all the way to four and five, which is between... You know, Anakin and Ahsoka on some planet running around trying to get away from a bunch of droids. And then you have two episodes in the middle and then you go back to Anakin's story because that number seven wasn't done yet. It's it's very it's very odd. Animation production is, is very odd. Well, the um, other thing is the, the way that they screwed up the force in, in the Clone Wars cartoon. I mean, I, I shouldn't say screwed up. It was already kind of all over the place where Lucas left it after episode one and two. But well, I thought he was trying to knock down an, an, an interpretation of it, and I'm not. It, it, it but the you, whole you can't say something's right or wrong. It's just whether you agree with their interpretation or not. My my thing of what I said was wrong was that it doesn't. The Clone Wars doesn't behold itself to an internal set of rules because you so and you show Anakin Skywalker being powerful enough to just about do anything. Right. And then in the next episode, he can't pull a gun out of somebody's hand. Right. You know, or he can't knock a sniper down off a roof. If if you they never really sort of established where his limits were, it was just based on what the, what, what the story concerns were for 30 minutes. And that's what that's what I hate. And they're not the only one to do it. A lot of people seem to do oh, this. Yeah. You know, you see any show that has a computer hacker that's like, oh, well, they can get into the Department of Defense computer and blow up Russia, but the next time they can't figure out the financial records of somebody who lives down the street. Right. It doesn't make any sense. So hopefully if there's less force with this new series, there won't be that same sort of thing. But that that's just a pet peeve of mine is that internal structure. I think I tweeted you one night or texted you one night with that. It was like there was a sniper on the roof, and I said, why the hell doesn't Anakin just push him off the roof? He can see him, and he's just standing there. Yeah, I remember that. It was like he could just pick him up and bring him towards him. I think that was one of those late night ones, too, when you were watching it. Yeah, it was like 1 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) I was like, what the hell? It never got as bad as when we were watching rewatching G.I. Joe on the hub. Oh, I know. How can they break out the windows of a military transport at 45,000 feet and not die? Yeah. And shoot lasers out and knock down airplanes with a single shot. But that was such late. Uh, that was such lazy animation. But uh, ugh, uh, lazy story. Because I mean, right. there, there was. I mean, there were color mismatches all over the place and everything. Well, you also. I mean, what was the first season? One hundred and seventy-five episodes. Yeah. I mean, they were showing something like forty-eight episodes a year. Yeah. I think someone said something like 40 episodes in a year. I mean, you're talking about 12 weeks where there wasn't a new G.I. Joe. Well, I think when you look at it on Netflix, because they only have season one and season two up there, I think one of the seasons is like 88 episodes. Yeah, and that was considered a season because they were all on the same production schedule. So, yeah, there were a lot of people working on that. (laughs) So you kind of forgive it. It's mistakes. So back to WonderCon. Um, Oh, we were talking about WonderCon? Yeah, no. (laughs) We kind of got sidebarred there. Um, Sidebar? Are we in court? <laughs> Sideboard, Your Honor. Ethan, um, you spent a lot of time on the floor. Um, what do you think of like cosplayers and passed out on the floor? 
<laughs> well, I know I got text from you at one point. I'm sitting here in between the halls B and C, and I've been here for an hour. Where's everybody at? <laughs> well, that was after the two and a half hours of me trying to go around, trying to take pictures of cosplayers for our website. I, I think, only I found think that like was seven. <laughs> seven? Seven that you had? Well, actually... seven that were good enough. <laughs> seven that weren't Winter Soldier or Harley Quinn or uh, what was the third one Deadpool. you always said? Deadpool, Deadpool. yeah. Winter, Winter Soldier made a strong appearance on Friday. It was all over the place. <laughs> I think everybody and their mother was the Winter Soldier on Friday. Yeah, Friday I saw things good. from from shin guards used as the arm to paint to duct tape to aluminum foil. It's a lot of different stuff. It, was, it was just there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of Winter Soldiers. So yeah, what, excuse me, as I'm yawning, it's really late, and you know <laughs> I have to actually work the last two days, unlike some other people in the building. Hey, I had to work this morning. Oh, yeah. I still got to work tomorrow morning. Yeah, I got to work today, tomorrow, yesterday, mm-hmm. rest of the week. I think I think so we got to tell now. everybody their, our schedules. Yeah. So, so anyways, um, you saw a lot of cosplayers. There were some that were pretty good. There's there's quite a few that were pretty good. Yeah. I think I ended up with about ten or fifteen that I took pictures of because I wouldn't take pictures unless I thought they were really good. So, what uh was there one that you saw that you thought was the most clever? Or something that you're like, oh my god, I can't believe someone cosplayed. There that. was, I mean, I wouldn't say. If you say anybody from Frozen, I'll punch you too, because there was a bunch of those. There was a bunch of Frozen. <laughs> I wouldn't say clever, but I did say probably there was a guy who looked almost identical to Tom Hiddleston as Loki, and I was like, if he was maybe three or four inches taller, I would totally believe that that was Tom Hiddleston. It was. Maybe it was like the. Uh the Robert Downey Jr. Oh, no, it was... Uh, didn't Johnny Depp do Captain Jack? Mm-hmm. And a whole bunch of people told him he was a terrible Captain Jack. Yeah. Because <laughs> they didn't recognize it was actually him. Um, <laughs> I think... I, I, I'm i trying to remember if there was a, a couple other than... Did I you see really the clever. girl that was uh, dressed as the... Uh, that pointed head thing from uh, uh, Silent uh, Hill? Pyramid Head? Yeah, Pyramid yeah. Head. She was on stilts. She actually mm-hmm. looked really good, too. Yeah, they fit people like that. There was someone who was Powder Toast Man. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> the two pirates that bought the wolf. Yeah, yeah I only saw those guys from... Uh, they were walking away from me when I saw them. But mm-hmm. I was trying to... This this kind of brings up my point about... Um, the sexy about the Powerpuff w- Girls? I miss them. I didn't see them. Uh, the, the weapon check policy there is kind of <laughs> odd when you think, you know, oh, I've got a gun, but it's not a real gun. Okay, here's a piece of tape. Oh, I've got a knife, but it's rubber. Okay, here's a piece of tape. And I've said this for a couple of years about a baseball bat. <laughs> you bring a baseball bat, and they give you a piece of tape to put around it. The baseball That's bat does exactly what a baseball bat is supposed to do. It can crack your skull in mm-hmm. half. So I don't understand why that's that's okay. This year, they brought it to a new level when someone walks up to weapons check and goes, I brought a wolf. <laughs> I mean, it's not a wolf. It's a, it's a dog, but it's a dog that's barely removed from wolfdom. I mean, it's it's like right close to it. Gets mm-hmm. awful static. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's why. So maybe you should lean forward. But I, I, I was, I wanted to see like the the little pink ribbon or whatever sitting on the wolf <laughs> around thing. its paw. Or like, something. okay, we checked this. The wolf is uh, the wolf saw, is here. It's a service animal. I saw someone get checked. Service for animal with chains, dude. <laughs> they had some I really wanted. Chains I, on I, that I was trying to get around because I saw them back where that. Uh, pretty much where the back of the atrium is that that separates the two little um, sections. And they were walking, like, towards and around the food court, and I was trying to get around them to get in front of them, and I never made it. I got stopped somewhere because it just got really, like, So, I don't know. I wish I could. Yeah, I would have been 
that that was pretty cool. Now, did anyone feel like when you got on the sides of the floor, you know, where you had like all the vendors and everything, the aisles were pretty normal. You, you walk up and down, but and then when you got over to our style, it was pretty normal. But right there in the middle, I don't know what aisles you were walking down that were nice and clear. Because I don't mean clear. I mean they were kind of even rows. Where it depended on where it was. I mean that that's that actually was was my next question for. You only went last year, right? You didn't go two years Yeah, ago. I did go last year. Yeah, you went last year and this year, but you didn't go two years ago. It felt... Because people were saying, oh, oh my God. I, I had I had it both I had both reactions from people that I knew that had been there um, for multiple years where there were people that are saying, it's so much more crowded. There's so much more people here. There's so many more people here. And then other people are like, this is nothing like last year. This is totally free and clear. I always think that my sensibility of it is warped by the fact of going to Comic-Con, where it doesn't matter when it is. It's almost impossible to walk down an aisle without bumping into somebody. Right. There were days through – not days. There were times through this where you could walk up and dials fairly fairly easily. You know, in booths is always different. You know, we talked about Torpedo. We talked about things from another world, um, booths that are arrayed in, in a way that are kind of difficult to get around. Um, I know Torpedo became a maze to try and get out of because there were two people that were blocking. You know that the they, the Torpedo has like bins running up and mm-hmm. down the middle, and then they have two walls of of comics or of trades. And if you stop between a bin and the trade wall, <laughs> you can't get past anybody. Not to mention if somebody pulls out the drawers. No, this is this is going sideways. If, you, if you're going no, like the entrance and the exit, yeah, it, you have someone. There was a gentleman that was. Behind, you know, was basically next to one of the bins, had his backpack on the floor, and he was pulling stuff off of the off of the the, the, the wall. And I can't get by him. And the person in front of me, like, kind of shoved his way by him, and he gave that guy a dirty look. I was like, "Oh, the hell with that! I'll go to the other side." So I go to the other side, and there's two young ladies who were in some sort of cosplay. I can't even remember what it was. Um, but the two of them are standing there, so I was like, "Well, I can't get by them either." <laughs> I was like, "Maybe if I go back and around, maybe they'll move." It looked like it looked like Frogger, like I'm going back and forth and back and forth. <laughs> Should have just like front flipped over one of the bins. That's At one point, get... I finally just like walked up to the ladies, like, "Excuse me, I'm just trying to get out," and so that was the only way I could get out of that booth. That's where you walk up and buy something so you can go out the back entrance or the back exit. Where no, nah, you don't have to buy anything. You just walk out the back entrance. Yeah, well, no, that was full too because there were so many people buying stuff back there. You couldn't get past them either. You couldn't because that has a partition between mm-hmm. where all the the product is and where the register is. Right. So that was stuff to get in and out of. I know the IDW booth on Friday was a mess oh, for yeah. some of it. The, the Dark Horse booth towards the end was pretty crazy too. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, did you feel it was more crowded this year than last year? I felt it was. I thought I thought it was a lot more attendees this year than it was last year. So I felt the opposite. I I didn't feel like there was. As yeah. Many. See, so I've got the two different reactions yeah. here. It's interesting to see the numbers. I know last year I know that they said they sold out, and I'm sure they're going to say they sold out this year too. But Friday and Sunday badges were still available, like as of Wednesday of Correct. the week of. So 48 hours before it opened, there were still badges available for Friday. Saturday had completely sold out. I by think that point. the difference is they weren't selling badges on site this year. And last year they were able to catch some of the Disneyland crowd and things like that that were still, you know, maybe. And that's, I, I don't, I don't know. It could just be that I don't remember last year as well as I thought. It could be very well that you know. Yeah, because like I'm, I'm, as I'm going through my experiences with it, I mean, there were things that were that were that were different this year. You talk about taking pictures of cosplayers. Usually, I take a ton of pictures. I think I took four pictures over the entire weekend of anything there. 
I didn't take any pictures of the static displays at like the DC booth. Um, there were some cool. There's. Some I cool usually find some that. cosplayers to take pictures of, but I I didn't. I just didn't. It wasn't something that was like a major point of concern with me. Like I remember texting uh, our friend Mike, who showed up Saturday, um, about halfway through Saturday, and Mike and I have gone to cons for, for almost fifteen years now. And I sent him a text message like, I've been here for a full day on Friday and half a day here on Saturday, and I haven't taken a single picture. Not of a cosplayer, not of a static display, not of anything. And he was shocked. He was just like, really? You haven't? Nope, I haven't taken a single picture. Yeah, because you used to always send, you know, I'd see him either show up on Facebook or you'd send him directly to me. Well, I look back at the, the album that I put from WonderCon of 2013, and, you know, there's like 40 pictures in there. Mm-hmm. And I just I just didn't take anything at all. There weren't, and, and it wasn't that there weren't cosplayers, and I'm like, oh, that cosplayer is awesome. It was really just seeing a cosplayer going, oh, that cosplayer was awesome. I don't need to capture that, though. I don't, I don't need to, to really remember that. And some of that might be the fact that you're kind of seeing the same costumes over and over again. Yeah. I know a couple of years ago I stopped taking pictures of guys in Star Wars costumes because like, I've seen the same Stormtrooper a thousand times. Mandalorian mercs, I usually take a little bit more because they're they're got some different costumes or whatever. You see something different, but you know, even the right. even the sexy ladies that were there <laughs> cosplaying, you know, I just it didn't didn't really mean anything for me. And I know, like, I barely looked through comics at all. I tried to find places that had stuff in order because the really the only comics I'm looking for are Mike Grell's Green Arrow trying to complete something. So yeah, it wasn't until like mid afternoon on Saturday you sent me a text saying this is the first picture I took. I don't even remember what that was. I gotta find it again. I gotta get through some different texts to find it, but I don't even remember. It was. I don't remember if I took anything on Saturday. The, uh, the only pictures I remember taking is a guy who built a uh, a replica bat pod. And that that's was, what that was, it was. Yeah. That was the picture you sent. That was me. Sunday when we were leaving. Oh, was it Sunday? Yeah, that was the last day. The only picture that I remember taking is I took a picture of, uh, I think it was it was the Ninja Bot booth where they had some contest you won a free print if you take a selfie with your printer or something like that. I got to look at it again. It's the only reason I took the picture. Mm-hmm. Of it. Like I'm not going to remember all this information, so right. I took a picture of it. So yeah, I mean, looking at my phone now, I've got like maybe six six pictures total. And you know. well, we did do a couple interviews. Um, we did one with the Ninja Bot crew. We did one with Jay Salvador. And we did one with was it Scott um, Scott Lost. Scott Scott Lost yes um, I was gonna p- cut him into the episode here um, but we well, I think uh, yeah I think we I, I'm just gonna I think I'm gonna put him up individually and then well I think talking about Ninja Bot is also talking about um, talking about art because Art Sally is always a big part of our con experience um, you know all our friends know that our, our, our tales of horror of walking through Artist Alley. It was two years ago when I was at San Diego, and the last day, and I was like, "Oh, I'm so proud of myself. I didn't, I didn't buy a lot of art." And then, like the last day, I think you were at the front of Artist Alley, and I was with Kay, and we start going through, and I'm just like, "Oh, I'm gonna snake Artist Alley one last time." And I get to the end, and I look down, and I have this stack of crap, and Kay just looks at me like, "What happened?" I was like, "I just spent ninety dollars on art. What the hell?" <laughs> so and you, you have less of a place to display them than I do. No, I but I rotate my stuff out. Right. I rotate all my 11 by 17s out. I don't like rotating them. I like just putting them all up. I would love to not have to rotate them, but I just don't have a choice. So um, <laughs> if I'm going to get any of the art up, it's going to the 11 That's by 17. That's how I was this year. Like I was, uh, I was just like, oh, well, I'm just going to go around and take a look and see what people have. Oh, this is nice. This is nice. And then at the end, I'm like... How did I end up with five prints in my hand? <laughs> you know, so yeah, I usually, that's the kind of thing that Mike has. I well, this year I'll say up. I'll say this. This year I went in and I said I didn't want to buy a lot of art, and I go in and say that almost every time. And then the art that like grabs me 
and I feel like I, ha- I, you know, I've got to own that. This year, outside of NinjaBot, we'll tell that story in just a second. I didn't buy anything. Yeah, I didn't buy any other, and I, I bought a, a full size poster, you know, for for Captain America, but that was different. And you bought, you, but but you bought a piece of art for somebody else this year too. Yeah, I bought I bought art in terms of what I bought for myself was uh, uh, my coworker Stacy, who was there on Saturday, Friday, Friday. She sends me a text message. Go find NinjaBot. They have something you want. And then I text her back. It's like, where, where are they? Oh, I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> Stace, you're not helping me. Where are they? Like, I don't know. Look them up. Like, the app doesn't work on my phone. Well, I don't know what to tell you. They're under the banner that says Artist Alley. And I'm looking at the banner, and I walk through that row, and I'm like, they're not here. They're next to Jay Salvador. I, how I, I don't know where this is. I don't know how the hell am I not going to know where Jay Salvador is. <laughs> um, so uh, Robert actually found out where they were. And I walked up, and they have a, a very cool Jurassic Park print. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm in trouble. And then I start flipping through their... Uh, their their uh, print box, yeah, their their print box, and and you'll see it on the the video interview that we did. Um, you know, we kind of flipped through it, and they have an origin series, which is a very simplistic, not simplistic, not not in a bad way, but a very like simple way of telling the origin of major characters, right? And that is fucking awesome, and it looks amazing. And so they had a book available that had everything. Thank God. So I bought the book. That was, their, that was their Kickstarter campaign. That right? was their Kickstarter campaign that, that, again, you'll see in the video that they made a book of all these pieces um, to put together all the pieces, which is fantastic because I can look through all the pieces and I don't have to buy them all. Uh, they did a stamp series of kind of like simple images that represent the six uh, comics, or six comics, six movies of Star, Star Wars, Wars right? Mm-hmm. which I love, the Return of the Jedi one. And I bought the book and I actually walked away. <laughs> and I took, uh, it was the end of Friday. Was it when I, I think is when I took you back to see it. I'm like, oh, you got to check this out. Yeah. And I was just like, I gotta, I gotta buy these two prints right now. So I bought the, the Jurassic Park print and I bought the stamp for um, Return, Return of the Jedi. And she had said, you know, oh yeah, Jurassic Park usually sells out like Sunday or so at all the shows that we've been to. I went back the next morning and like by it's, noon they'd been open. The, the store had been open for ninety minutes and they were sold out. But again, <laughs> that's that actually saying something for some of the stuff with art. We'll talk about it with Jay Salvador too. Well, they I, sold out of so much stuff faster than they ever had before. Mm-hmm. So. Whether there was more people there or not, and the fact that there didn't seem to be as many bigger name artists or the artists that we see all the time, it seemed like people were spending money. And this yes. is what mm-hmm. this is what people wanted for the vendors. Um, well, I know that I think I think everyone that is on our staff that was there bought something from NinjaBot. I walked away with the Grayson. You should. Poster. Their stuff's amazing. Yeah, Mikey walked away with the Gray the Graysons. Ethan had uh, Walking Dead, I believe. And I don't think Mikey bought the Graysons. Mikey was there. No, he he got it. Did he get it? Yeah, he got it. I thought he got the Superman origin. Uh, I don't know if he got that, but I know he got the Grayson too. Mm. The Grayson Circus poster. So yeah, their their stuff is amazing, and it was cool because you do see people. um, I found a guy. All of a sudden, I can't remember his name. I do have his card here, but he did uh, silhouettes. Yes, he's doing silhouettes of. Uh, superheroes like as like old-timey, Victorian yeah. or um, or steampunk, and he had uh, he had two pieces in the back that had sold out. He had the Avengers redone as if they were steampunk, mm-hmm. um, and then he has uh, the Vader. Justice League done as Victorian, you know, Victorian style. Cool. And uh, right here, yeah, it's uh, silhouettes by Jordan, and uh, yeah, he's got a Facebook Facebook dot com slash silhouettes by Jordan. And the one, the one that I purchased for a friend of mine was um, Darth Vader, but it's it's a, f- a full body piece of Darth Vader as if he's in like a, almost like a tuxedo, like a Victorian suit, and then just the helmet on top. But I and thought that was hat. really cool. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I, what you said about NinjaBot and about you know, it, it's really true that so, since some of the bigger ones weren't there, 
a lot of the smaller artists that would usually get overlooked actually got to be seen and their product you know started going into the hands of people that may not have gotten there well let's talk about the guy with silhouettes he was saying that um one of the reasons that he didn't wonder con is because he can't get into san diego because san diego's waiting list is so long because you you know those of you that don't know san diego offers the booth back to people that have or that are there already right you basically have to drop out in order for somebody to take your that's place. That's why uh, BBC America has been waiting years for a big yeah, booth. That's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so he said it was you know it was much easier to get into this, but the, usually every con is I, I find somebody that kind of grabs me in this one. It was the Ninja Bot. That was the first time I'd ever seen their stuff, and their stuff was just amazing to, to see. And they were great um, people to talk to. Yeah, they were wonderful people too. I think if uh, we get an opportunity, we you know, we should take uh, pictures of our prints and put them up. On either the Facebook page or like the website. Yeah, it probably will. So it's people show, can see what it is, and because uh, they sell, I think they they sell their stuff through their website. They right? sell their, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna have, we're gonna have a link up again. on the website too for it. Yeah, really, and, and yeah, I don't I don't think we ran into anybody that that wasn't. We didn't have time to to get an interview with uh, with Jordan from the Silhouettes guys, which was kind of disappointing because he was a really cool dude too. Um, but there wasn't outside of that. There really wasn't anything that I was like, "Oh my god!" I don't know if it's just like some of the people that I saw there that I've seen for a lot of times. Like Tom Hodges was there, and I love Tom, and I love his work. But his two new pieces that he had just weren't anything that I looked at and said, "Oh my god, I got to put that on my wall." He's got a cool bounty hunter one that I thought would be great, but even then, I looked at it and said, "I don't, I don't absolutely have to have this." So outside of NinjaBot, there really wasn't anybody that was kind of discovered there, and you usually find someone that that you have, you're like, "Oh, I need that person." And Jay Salvador, we've seen it. Jay Salvador. Jay Salvador. I always say that, like, I almost discovered Jay Salvador because I, I saw him at like Kamikaze. Yeah. Or not even Kamikaze. I saw him at, like the Shrine. You know. I think the first time that we saw him was Kamikaze. Come to think it was, of it, it was, was in the Kamikaze, basement. Where I, yeah. I turned that corner. I'm like, oh my god, you guys got to check this out. <laughs> and um, then at that time, he only had maybe like six or seven of them up. He had, no, he had, he had like ten or fifteen, Did I think, he? at that time. Yeah, he's had a lot of stuff that he's had for a long time. Because the stuff that he was showing there. I don't think you remember a lot of the stuff that he used to have that you no longer have. That's true. You know, he didn't have the Ghost Rider one up, which is one of my favorites. Those of you who don't know, Jay Salvador does a, a thing called Super Emo Prints. I think it's, is it Super Emo dot com? Super Emo Friends dot com. Super Emo Friends dot com, and he has a, a very uh, cute cartoony image, and then it's usually accompanied by a single line that's part of a joke. You know, the one uh, Bruce Wayne is looking all sad, or Batman looking all sad, and says, "My parents are dead." Well, it was nice doing an interview with him because he got kind of got an insight to how he comes up with them. And he'll usually take a character, something that he's a fan of, and start thinking about how they're emotionally feeling, and then that's when he'll start to do the image, and then come up with the you know the quote that he puts underneath. Because he's, he's even talked about how uh, fans have come up to him and said, "You should do so and so," right? And he's like, "Well, I don't know the character, so I'm not." Yeah, there's only do so it. much that that he's going to be able to do. It's obvious that he's a fan because I've always said the the thing that drew me to his pieces is his Green Lantern piece. Because yeah. Hal Jordan Green Lantern looking sad it says my favorite color is yellow. A lot of people won't even get that because they don't know that originally Green Lantern had uh, the, the ring uh, had a weakness that it couldn't affect anything that was colored in yellow. Right. You know, if Sinestro was in a school bus, sorry, can't do anything. So the original uh, Green Lantern just was immune to yeah. Uh, but, well, the, the original bit. original Green Lantern was immune was uh was uh to wood was vulnerable to wood, and the second one was yellow. So you can and I always said if if Hal Jordan and Alan Scott got together, you could defeat them with a number two pencil. Yeah, um, <laughs> you could kill both of them right. with a number two pencil. So yeah, and and Jay stuff is is fantastic, and I, I, yeah, I want to take requests because I want to do the Hodor one. I really think the Hodor. <laughs> Hodor. 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 Well, he did say he wants to get into some Game of Thrones, so that would be... Yeah, but again, one. I think he hasn't really even seen it. So, mm -hmm. you know, with all the time that he has, it, it, it has to be something that 
it's obvious that he's not doing things half-assed. He's right. not fly-by-nighting this stuff. He's not phoning his friends going, hey, give me ideas, give me ideas. It's stuff that he's really thinking about looking at it and going, okay, if you're Spider-Man, what are you sad about? Mm-hmm. I miss Uncle Ben. Boom. And then when he started doing scenes, that's the thing I remember from the shrine. Um, he started doing like sad scenes. He has the last scene of Breaking Bad, I guess. Yes, of, uh, of Walter White being tied up. Or no, he's, like wa- wa- he's laying down like he, he's dying. Oh, yeah, whatever. Um, he he does. Uh, Luke and Vader as Vader is passing away, and Luke's kind of crying. But he also has never-ending story. He has a Treyu in the the Sea of Nothing or whatever that is. Sea of Nothing. Oh my. God, I remember. I still remember walking by Kamikaze, <laughs> or not Kamikaze, uh, oh, one of the Shrine shows, and he was there. And I walked kind of past it, and I just stopped dead in my tracks. And I turned and I looked up at him, and I pointed at that print, and I said, "No, no," because your heart, you see it. This well, is the brilliance you of can, what he you does. Can't have it explain the whole print, what it is. Well, the print is it's, it's that exact moment of Treyu trying, trying to pull the horse out of the right. sea of nothing. Right. Which is, if you've seen Never Ending Story, your heart breaks right there. And you're, I don't want to watch this ever again. This mm-hmm. is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And that's, I'm just pointing at it, going, no, no, because that instantaneously, this is why I think he's a great artist. He captures that entire moment. He makes it into this funny little cartoon, but it also kills you right there. Yeah. It just absolutely kills you. And I asked him, I said, what's next? You can have Bambi sitting over her mother that has a bullet in her, just bleeding all over the place. And he kind of tilted his head. And I was like, don't do that. That would kill me. <laughs> but it's just, oh, oh. What I, and what I love about it is if, if whatever pieces you, gotta, you get, you've got to get the Deadpool one to put next to him. Because the Deadpool one is just all boo-hoo. He's, he's got like his hands up to his eyes like he's crying. Right, it's just boo-hoo. boo-hoo. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's just so in character. You, you put that's that, the thing, a lot of them are, are in character. Right? You put that, and you a lot of the, them are part of series. Like the Batman and Robin have to go together because Batman goes, my parents are dead. And then Robin goes, yeah, mine too. <laughs> mine, mine are too. Yeah. No, it's, 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 his stuff is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was a great interview. Uh, the Scott Lost interview was a really good interview we did. Um, you know, if you don't know, Ethan Ethan knows a little bit more about Scott than I do. Uh, he was a well, former Scott, pro wrestler. Scott was an independent pro wrestler for ten years, um, and before that, he really wanted to get into comics. He was a great uh, comic artist before then, and then did the pro wrestling thing for about ten years before he stepped away and retired from pro wrestling to continue his own book. Which is uh, Second Shift, which um, I guess when we, we were there, we were looking through his sketchbook. I haven't even gotten a chance to look through the comic itself, but <clears throat> going through his sketchbook, uh, you can really tell his detail and just how great of an artist he is. So I'm actually excited to see how the story Yeah, there was is. there was one panel he did that was uh, in like a grocery store or something. and. Mm-hmm. And there was a sense of depth, and you know, you you caught little, you know, if you looked in the detail of just like the product on the shelf, it's not just like little squares together. Right. He actually drew out like bottles and like things inside the bottles, or you know, things inside packaging in the grocery store. Yeah, you could even make out what some of the packaging was supposed mm-hmm. to represent, things like that. So you know, it's it's he's very talented, and you know, he's doing this all basically him and his writer. It's all self published. I mean, he's. Uh, him and his writer, and I think one other person, are putting this book together um, and just selling it themselves, with their ultimate goal of trying to get like a, into one of these indie companies, so that um, 
he can he can keep his rights. Right. And that's what see that's comics. one of the nice things about WonderCon is that you can get a chance to talk to a lot of the artists that are sitting there in, in Artist Alley and get to know them a little bit and get to know about their work and where they you know why they're doing what they're doing. Whereas at Comic Con, everything is just moving so fast. There's so many people there that you don't have time to well, get. Even like well, sometimes you do. You just got to find those moments. They're just more of those moments available. At, at, well, even uh, like we were when we were trying WonderCon. to get the interview, it it took us like four or five hours before we can actually get ten minutes with him to do an interview. Art Sally was busy, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was doing a lot of commissions. Yeah, the whole section was busy. Uh, commissions. <laughs> yeah, no, you picked up a bunch of commissions, didn't you? No, I picked up. Two, two. And, well, I don't even have the second one because Mark is so far behind. Uh, <laughs> that, I, I, get, I get uh, blank covers from Mark Dos Santos a lot because uh, I absolutely love his work, and he's he's one of the people that's actually fair with his pricing. Um, but he's so backed up on commissions that I had to leave it with him, and he's he's sending it back. Um, yeah, some of those guys, those blank cover sketches are out of control. One hundred twenty-five dollars. Are you out of your effing mind? <laughs> um, that Punisher one you got though. The Punisher one was awesome. I, I like that one. That's a lot. the thing. I mean, telling you, everyone goes after the big guys. You're like, oh, I want you know J. Scott Campbell to do a blank cover. I want those guys do covers anyways. Like, I'd love to find these these like you know smaller guys that that you've never heard of. Like the guy that, that did that yours in. for the Punisher was like did sketches of. You know, he was doing sketches of like Adventure Time, Time guys, yeah. yeah like the, and so the Punisher is in that. Like style. last year, last year I got one from uh, when I was at Comic Con. I got I got one from uh, Jaime Carrillo, and it was gorgeous. I mean, it was just a bust, but it's an Iron Man head, and it was gorgeous in the colors that he picked and stuff like that. Was, I'm actually kicking myself that I didn't find that guy like on Friday because his prices <laughs> were good enough. Like I just have you do, just do all of them, just just do all of them. Just give me like <laughs> kick-ass covers for all this stuff. Well, over so. in Aspen, um, they had the writer slash artist for uh, Lola. And if you bought the if you bought the blank, she was doing a sketch on it for free. Yeah, the, I know mm-hmm. um, IDW has done that with their uh, My Little Pony ones a couple of years. It's like Katie Cook will do it. Katie the, Cook's the, booth the, was massive. Well, yeah, because Katie Cook's a fucking rock star. But it was something like you bought the blank cover at the booth for like twenty bucks, uh-huh. and that money would go to charity or something like right. that. And then she would do her quick sketch on it. I you know when when I did Frank Cho last year, it was sort of that same sort of thing. He was doing he was doing sketches like very cheap. Because he was donating the money, and it wasn't you know wasn't anything super elaborate. It was you know really just ball pen and ink. Yeah. But you know, oh, I have a Frank Cho piece. Now Arabella wanted to go up and meet Katie Cook because she's like she loves the My Little Pony, and she couldn't get near the booth at all. No, that booth was that booth was packed. Um, Tony Daniels' booth was packed almost the whole time yeah. too. It was a travesty because I'm sitting there Which walking. We're wondering why. Well, I was looking at Tony. I was looking at Tony Daniels' booth, and there's a whole bunch of people there. I look across, and Huberto Ramos's booth is empty. I'm like, how is nobody going over Huberto Ramos's booth? I mean, the guy's doing spectacular Spider-Man or Amazing Spider-Man uh, next month, and like, no one was there. And Tony Daniels doing Superman, Wonder Woman. I was like, what? <laughs> I like Tony Daniels' art. I just don't think he's a good writer. Yeah, <laughs> pick one. He already made his choice, and that's the one he needs to stick with. So, was there anything about WonderCon that really stood out and uh, that you, that you really enjoyed this year? Should I say it? Or are you still heartbroken by it? What, that you love The Last of Us? No. The, the fact that we said Hodor and 5,000 times? No. The ice cream cookie sandwich. Oh, that son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, I'm so mad. There's a WonderCon has food trucks outside. Um, there's like a long pathway from the front of the building that leads down to Harbor or whatever. And... The, the, in their absolute brilliancy, and I really hate the fact that Comic-Con doesn't do this because there's so many restaurants in the Gaslamp District, is there's food trucks there. And one of the trucks is one of the, the 
you know, cookie ice cream sandwich trucks. They were there last year, and they do this thing. It's called the mush, and they put the ice cream in it, but they take all the cookie pieces that have come through the grate because, you know, the cookies will crumble because they're so warm when they put them on the, on, the, on the cooling grate. They take all those pieces, and they put it in there. And it's like, oh, it's amazing. I had it last year. It was fantastic. So the very last day, we end up an hour early because uh, CCI and their, their absolute wisdom for WonderCon set all three days as different opening times, which was great. It was yes. noon on Friday. It was 10 on Saturday. And it was 11 on Sunday. So, you know, thanks, WonderCon. Why don't you just pick a fucking time and stick with it? <laughs> the fact that they're open on noon on Friday is stupid, especially they used to do that because – when it was up in San Francisco, it was doing it was during the work week. It wasn't yes, like so. a holiday or anything. I think one of the reasons they're picking Easter, not only because Anaheim isn't booked at Easter, but the fact that Friday almost everybody has it off, mm-hmm. which I hate. Um, if you're going to do that, open the damn floor early. There's no reason to open that floor mm-hmm. at, at noon. It's just ridiculous. And in fact, we we walked in what like eleven or eleven thirty. Yeah, we just like we were there straight up walked in. Their, the their times didn't really mean anything. We were in, and we're like, oh, it's because you know, for those who don't know, we go on a pro badge because of uh, web work that we do, and we thought, oh, they're just letting pros in. Looking around, they're all attendee badges. They were just letting everybody in. They well, were just they funneling them in a different the, way. The pro on Friday, they let the pro and press all on one side, and then the the attendees all in another. They were letting attendees on the same side. We were walking in with attendees. I guess at that initial, because they, they hit an attendees it lineup. Pr- it probably worked for a good five minutes before yeah. they Yeah, it's, it's it once you let people on the floor one way or the other, you're letting people on yeah, the floor. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that they're going to start letting. Anyway, the very last day, so Ethan and I, of course, think that it's open up at 10. We can decide we're going to get there a little early. We got there <laughs> like at 9, 9.15. Oh, it doesn't open at 11. That's fantastic. So we go down, and we're walking across the, the, the trucks, and like there's only one truck that serves breakfast. And was, I said, you know, fuck it, we're, we're going to get ourselves some ice cream. We're going to get an ice cream mm-hmm. sandwich. That's going to be breakfast. We're going to get a good sugar rush. And we go up there, and unfortunately, they, they have ice cream, but they have no cookies. Where are my cookies? Dead delivery. Dead delivery. delivery. And I'm like, delivery, delivery. you've got a truck. Shouldn't you already have the cookies in there? <laughs> bake, the, bake them. Let's go. So through the rest of the day, you know, Sunday became kind of all over the place. As some of us were on the floor. Some of us weren't. You know, there's some of us that are trying to get out of hotel rooms, whatever. So we were kind of all over the place, and I I remember at some point, like, you asked me something about doing interviews or whatever, and I said, look, we need to do it quickly because I'm going to go in, I'm getting, like, last two pieces, I'm going out and getting ice cream, and we're getting out of here. So through the hustle and bustle of trying to get these last couple of interviews, and we went to eat at, at your hotel, and then we went to... Back to the floor and whatever, and then we leave for dinner, and we go to our now traditional Red Robin. It is our goodbye. tradition, yeah. Well, we've done it there, what, three years in a row? Now I think <laughs> we've done it for Comic-Con twice. We've done it, yeah, the last so, five years, or the last five cons. Um, so we leave, and I think it was like as we were pulling, was it when we get in the car? We were or like we, on the freeway, and we're like. And I was just like, no, we forgot to go back. I didn't get something. Like there's not ice cream sandwiches available in other places, but that was. Like, That's not like you can't take a cookie and oh. crumble it up and. I was so angry. <laughs> I was so mad. No, there were there were some things that you, know, you, you talk about enjoyment, but we'll, we'll, we'll do the other way with this kind of thing, of of things that just kind of drive you crazy. The the, the stagger start times really drove me crazy. The mm-hmm. fact that I forgot to go get ice cream. <laughs> but there's there's a couple of different things that I'm going to say for every single con. And number one, you're not clever. You're not funny. You're not clever. You're not interesting. If you're in a panel and you're going to go up and ask people a question, ask your question and sit the fuck yes. down. They had a guy come up in one of the panels and he's just like, so I used to collect comics. 
And then I got married. <laughs> right, guys? You know what that is, huh? All right. I hate this, people. And I'm barely exaggerating. That's exactly what he sounded like. He was like, and I didn't collect comics for a lot of years, but then the new 52 got me back in. He was talking about the multiverse because his favorite comic was Earth 2. My favorite comic is Earth 2 because I love different types of dimensions. And with a book coming up called Multiversity, you guys heard of that? Someone named Grant Morrison's writing it. Well, with this multiversity coming out, and I just want to go, just, just ask the question. I want to walk up and just slap this person and go, what's your question? Well, I'm thinking, no, what is your question? You tell me right now. Tell How me. Just tell me. Just tell me right now. Well, I'm wondering if we're going to see more worlds in multiversity. All right. That's the question. Multiversity is coming out. Will we see more dimensions? Yes, no, or the always ubiquitous answer, read the books. Yeah. They're not going to tell you the end of Infinity. They're not going to tell you the end of Original Sin. I wish there was a Marvel panel because I just want to walk up there and go, so who shot the Watcher? <laughs> I don't want to read this book. And that's the thing that drives me crazy more than anything else with these guys. These guys don't buy the books. They don't want to spend the money on it, but they want to be the first person to know what the ending of these stories are. And if so you they think that Joe Quesada is stupid enough to tell you the end of his major summer event... You know what? I didn't tell anybody else. I'm going to tell you right here in front of 5,000 people. I'm only going to tell you the Punisher did it. Ta-da! We can leave now. So that's that's one of the things that drives me. The second thing, if you're going to stop and take pictures of cosplayers, yes. know how to work your fucking camera. Yes. <laughs> we so we went out to the, the – there was a little grilled cheese booth in that atrium that in between. And Eric and I went out and grabbed something, and we're sitting down. And there was a lovely young lady that was about four people behind us. She was in some sort of anime costume. I don't remember what it was. It was a good costume. She looked very fine. And so this gentleman and his buddy, this gentleman says, oh, I want to take a picture of you with my buddy. So the guy walks over there, and she's standing there, and it's the sun's beating down in the middle here. She's in not the most uh, complete outfit or what have you. <laughs> Not someone who really just wants to be standing in the middle of nowhere while people are gone. She's getting yeah. a suntan pretty much all pretty over. Pretty much, yeah. Um, Where the sun doesn't shine. No, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was. I mean, she had a. She has like a vest on, but yeah. you know, she has a. It's not the vampirella. No, yeah. it's not even close. But anyway, the the point of it is, he picks up his camera and he, and he. Oh wait, no, no, hold on. The, the 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 lens cap covers on, so he takes that off and then he picks it up. And you can see that he's struggling to figure out like which way he's going to take the picture, whether he's going to take it vertical or horizontal. So he kind of horizontal, and he moves back. And then he starts fiddling with the knob, like, oh, no, I need it on a different setting. And I need, <laughs> oh, 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 no, I didn't turn it on. I got Just if you are going to take a picture, know how to take the picture. Know how to work your camera. If you don't know how to work your camera, guess what? You don't get to take pictures. You have to leave your camera at home. Strollers, strollers have always driven me crazy. I don't understand why people are allowed to have strollers. I know what people say. Oh, you have kids. Look, if you bring a kid to a con, you don't have a right to a stroller. Wheelchair, yes. You have to allow access to wheelchairs. If you're bringing your kid to a con, I don't care whether... Look, if you're going to bring them, carry them. You don't want to carry them? Too fucking bad. My daughter's Strollers, I don't care. If you can't... Comic-Con has a policy that you can't bring a handcart as a vendor. Uh If you're telling me that I can't get product I want because that guy can't go to his hotel room and bring another another cart... Of Boba Fett figures or whatever, you don't get to have a stroller. Right. Because all you do with the stroller is the kid's never in it. It's just a bunch of shit. And it just slams you in the back of the knee. And they're always pissed off at you because you're in their way. I can't stand those people. I want to take that stroller. I'm going to take a stroller and throw it in the street when hey, it's yours. My daughter's been to how many cons? And we've never done that. I mean, no, yes, you have. You took, a stro- you took a stroller to, say it to uh, Star Wars. No, not Star Wars. She was pregnant in Star Wars. Yeah, she was pregnant in Star Wars. The, the first one, I remember the stroller. 
Really? Yep. First con you went to. With you all, with broke all three the rule. But it wasn't one of the big ones too. It doesn't matter. I don't. I don't care if it's a small stroller. I don't, I don't care. Stroller. I don't care if it's the SUV stroller, or I don't care if it's the the umbrella stroller, the fold up stroller. You had the fold up stroller, right? Yeah, the, you had a pink fold up stroller. I remember it. Um, huh, I don't remember no, it. no strollers. Uh, pitches. Stop pitching people. You, you don't. <laughs> you don't. People walk up to us. Oh well, I have my own comic. It's called I Suck at Writing Comics. It's awesome. Uh, I was hoping you'd take a look at it today. You know, are, are you going to buy something in my booth or not? No, I just want to show you my comic. Even though you're an artist, you're not an editor, you're not an assistant editor, nothing. I can't imagine what Skybound goes through oh, for Kirkman's company with the guys that are there. With people like, oh, I got this comic, check it out. Oh, I was hoping you guys would take a look at it. And there's all the guys trying to sell stuff. This is the next thing. The guys trying to sell stuff at booths that walk up to booths like, oh, I got all these old comics. I wonder if you want to buy them. I'm like, no, that guy's here to sell shit. If you walk up to Joe Benita and he's there at his booth, punch him in the face. That's one of the rules. I wouldn't say that's a rule. This is this is more of like just general knowledge. Really, this is stuff that like really bothers you. If you're going to the new fifty two panel, don't ask them about. Oh, the I hate guys who don't have stuff priced either. Oh yes, those guys drive me crazy. Put a price on it because I hate asking. When we were at that booth where uh, I ended up buying the Persuader and you bought a Joe Thunder Machine, you had a lot of a lot of Joe vehicles there. There's one guy in that whole booth. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. I have like eight questions for you. How much is this? How much is this? How much yeah. is this? And when I first walked into that it took forever for me to get an answer for like one thing, whether how much this is. Once I finally got his attention, it was awesome. How much is this? How much is this guy? How much is this guy? How much is this? And it just, oh, just price stuff. So at least when, I have an idea. When I first if he into puts the, a sticker on it yeah. that says what price it is, then I can start thinking, okay, I know what he wants for it. Then go back and forth or whatever. But I'm sitting there for almost 20 minutes. Wasting my time because I don't know how much something is. The price that he quoted me for the vehicle I was looking for was insanely yeah. over what it should have been. There was <laughs> and, no way. The one like, that was. I'm not even going to. Oh, I still hate your guts for that. Um, <laughs> and then you break the damn cannon on it. Uh, it was already half broken. Yeah, uh -huh. sure. It was uh -huh. bent. Right. Good job. Well, There's no such thing as half broken. It's either broken or it's when, not. When I first walked into his booth, he, he did apologize for not having things priced because he was all by himself. They said the guy that was supposed to help him didn't show up. Well, then just... But he has a vendor. Give me, give me the thing for free. I'll, I'll throw stickers on that crap. What do you think I do for a living? Um, one of my biggest pet peeves is uh, if you're going to like a you know a Marvel panel that's about comic books or a DC panel about comic books, don't ask about the fucking movie. But there wasn't there wasn't much of that this year. I, I didn't see any of that this year, and I think a lot of that's kind of kind of gone by the wayside. I've, it happens more in San Diego. Than it happens all the time in San Diego. Can you tell me how Star Wars Episode Seven ends? Well, I was surprised nobody asked. Uh, someone asked Mike Mayhew about. His involvement with episode seven, I think, yeah. asking if he was involved at all, and he pretty much said no, and that was the end of it. But you, you wouldn't have been a part of it. The year that they announced Cap was going to be a film, you know, we're making a Captain America film. Uh, it's two years away before anything happens. <laughs> and by the second Marvel panel that Joe Casado, who's executive, uh, he was the uh, executive chief or whatever, chief uh, editor, -in -chief, chief, chief executive editor in chief. Oh, yes, he was the editor in chief of Marvel Comics. By the second panel, he says, very distinctly, the very first thing, he says, we have nothing to do with the movies. Absolutely nothing. Please don't uh, ask we, questions. We, we publish the stories, and that's it. We don't have anything to do with the movies. They don't come and ask us questions. Um, they don't share any information with us. We don't share any information with them. Please do not ask us questions concerning the movies. We have absolutely no answers. And it was very uh, long it's a comic, detail. It's a comics panel. Please don't ask us any questions about the movies. All right, so we're going to open it up to fans. Hey, what's your name? Where are you from? My name's Scott. I'm from San Diego, California. What's your question? Um, I've heard rumors that Matt Damon is going to play Captain America. Is that true? 
And I'm not kidding. <laughs> He's that's not. the very first question. It was yeah. That's the closest I've come. I've had some really bad incidents in San Diego. I almost got in a fight with a security guard because he pushed me. I have almost, like, absolutely throttled a waitress because she couldn't get my order right as I was standing in just absolutely beating down sun. I've never come closer to punching somebody in the face than I did. I just wanted to go up and I was like, did you hear Mr. Casada? Did you? No? Bam! What the hell is wrong with you? Go ahead, Joe. What's your question? Is it about the movies? Because if it is, let me tell you, you're going to be on the floor next to this guy right now. We start piling it's just bodies. unbelievable. And it continued. It was, you know, The next question would be, um, your huge summer event. So I'm a big fan, and I like. Um, well, I'm like I'm a really big fan, but I don't read any of your comics. So like, is Cap dead or or what's going on there? What's your question? I just I, that's all I wanted to know. I only have one question. Well, I have two questions. I, don't you love the two? I have the two parter. Well, I have like. Well, I love the ones that explain themselves before. I have to, like two. Well, maybe three <laughs> questions. But like one's a half question. What's your question? Just let's let's speed it up. It's kind of like how I'm yelling at you yeah. for this thing. Like speed it up. Let's go. Well, I was milking that on purpose. Go out there and just like, hey, I like your, the people that another pet peeve. People that show up that don't like your comics. <laughs> Why are you in a Marvel Comics panel? All I only read is DC. I'm just kind of wondering what's going on. Um, I haven't read Marvel Comics for a long time, but uh, what we- happened? <laughs> That guy. That, there's there's more than, than comic conventions that get me with that guy. I haven't read Marvel Comics since Civil War, so what happened? <laughs> Would you what, like us to tell you everything? What's, what's happened since Civil War? Can you tell me? Can you sum it up for me? Yeah, people fought each other, and that was it. Go buy the book. Don't read Fear Itself. Um, those guys drive me crazy, too. And <laughs> then... Did you see? This is the thing. Uh, Greg Rucker talked about this today. Just a total aside. Like, did you see the shirt? The I like my fangirls like I like my like my coffee and I hate coffee. No. This is. It was a guy selling a shirt towards the. It was the the, the back of one of the aisles there, like like right in the corner, okay. right before where the atrium was. And that's exactly what it says. It has a spilled cup of coffee, and it says, "I like my fangirls like I like my coffee. I hate coffee." And it was such an offensive shirt. Wow. And then the funny thing is, Greg Rucka, Greg Rucka went off on it because you know he's a he's a father of a little girl who's getting into comics, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how the the school that she's in, she's still ostracized as being the girl who likes comics. Like there's something wrong with her. Right. It's so stupid. And he saw it went off on it. Which of course, so the first person, the first comment on this, uh, <laughs> is some guy trying to defend. You know, well that no, that guy's not talking about all girls. He's just talking about fangirls. Fangirls are annoying. The ones that just get like super crazy passionate about whatever they like, and it's just like you like all the guys that are like yeah, that? and I'm like you're an idiot because it was like I don't like fanboys either. Like okay, so you just like hipster douchebags who don't like anything and just kind of keep themselves even keel for the whole thing, and it's just oh what an, and the first thing I said that's look if you want to have that debate between fangirls and real fans or whatever you don't do it on a t-shirt. Right, and then the fact that it's such it, it's so simplistic, and it's just I, you might as well just wear a shirt that says "Girls don't read comics," or no, shouldn't read. Just comics. say I hate fangirls. That's the you know. But even that, you hate fangirls. But what what defines it? Like we're so worried about these labels and and this sort of thing. Like oh, there's a it, when he's when this this gentleman that made the first comment was like, well, a fangirl is different than someone who's a fan. I'm like, what are you talking about? What? <laughs> like, what are you? Ow. Fangirls are people that are just like really really passionate. They don't shut up about it. And, and they don't, you know. It's like, so, I like, know. what's what's wrong with this? Uh, yeah, I, I you don't, know, I don't understand. I mean, I make fun of you like crazy for never shutting up about Doctor Who for a year and a half. But 
I do respect the fact that you have a passion for something that you really enjoy. Right. I don't care about it. I really stop you shoving it down my throat. But you have a passion for something you Chris, enjoy. Chris, you should watch Doctor Who. No. Chris, you should watch Doctor Who. No. Chris, you should watch Doctor Who. Really? Fuck Doctor Who. You really should watch Doctor Who. Um, but these are the same guys that are going to bitch and complain when there aren't any girls interested in this Well, stuff. the thing, this is, this is a theme that I've talked about for a year. Be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been a fan. Look, I've been a fan longer than anybody in this room. I've, got, I've collected comics consecutively since I was eight years old. It's a very long time. I've well, three I, I decades. Say, I wouldn't say if you're going to go with just comics, yes. Yeah, no, I've 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 got you beat. Just trust me. On comics, I've been in, in anything. I've got you beat. Okay. Um, we'll not get into that debate now. <laughs> We're going to get into debate because you're going to lose. Um, <laughs> my my background in pop culture is bigger than yours. Just trust me. Just just trust me. You, you got the Star Wars timeline wrong. Give me a break. No, I have not. Yes, you did. You swore to me up and down that Dark Empire was published before Heir to the Empire. They're within two months of each other. No, they're not. They're within six months of each other. Heir to the Empire was released in May. Dark Empire was released in December. They're seven months apart. I, uh, you sure? I thought it was September. I'm absolutely 100% sure. Because I was reading Heir to the Empire when I went to one of the first two weeks worth of, or three weeks worth of Angel Stadium games. Anyway. Shit, I lost my point. What was I talking about? <laughs> oh, in fact, I've been in this for so you know for a long, long time, and for so many years, people were saying we just want to be accepted, we just want to be part of the mainstream, we just want to be accepted, and then we got to be accepted and part of the mainstream, and now we're saying we hate people that like us. You know, it's this is what we wanted. We wanted people to have Avengers T-shirts and Superman T-shirts and wear them all over the place. We wanted girls to show up at cons. We wanted girls to show up at con- at, at at you know comic book stores. We just wanted girls. <laughs> But no, but, uh, it's it's honestly we wanted a large portion of the population to understand what we were doing, and now what we're saying is, well, they're a part of it, but they still don't understand. You know, it's just it's so close-minded, and, and yes, there's there's something to be said for people that misrepresent themselves. Like I'm a comic book fan, but I've never read a comic. I just went and saw all the movies. But that's Ethan, a different. That but no, no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. You. Ethan, Ethan. Ethan never misrepresents himself for what he enjoys. He's not a Marvel Comics fan as much as he's a fan of the movies. He enjoys the movies. It's like me with with Tolkien. I've seen... I'm not a fan of Tolkien's work as much as I'm a fan of what Peter Jackson did with it. I love Lord of the Rings as a movie. I've never really had any interest to pick up the books and try and read them straight through. You know, I've read uh, some of the... the Appendages. Yeah, appendices and stuff like that to kind of see where... Tolkien wanted the story to go, but I'm no scholar for Tolkien or, or anything like that. I have a friend who loves the movies, and she's also read all three of those books, I think, ten times each. Mm-hmm. You know, each book, she's read them ten times. So I'm just like, that's a Tolkien fan who also enjoys the movies. I just enjoy the movies, and I never misrepresent myself as someone who absolutely loves Tolkien. You know, it'd be like saying, that, oh, I'm a huge Elmore Leonard fan because I like Justified. I, I've never read a full book of Elmore Leonard at all. You know, I like mm-hmm. a lot of his adaptations. Out of Sight is amazing, and I love Justified, but, you know, I wouldn't consider myself an Elmore Leonard fan. So I get that sort of thing, but to think that everybody, everyone who says that they're a comics fan, that you don't think is a comics fan, and then you find out, oh, no, they're collecting books, you know, what have you. I just hate that mentality so much. It drives me crazy. So on that note, I think we should wrap things up because we've been going for quite a while. Um, is anyone still awake? <laughs> Anybody got no. one last comment to make about WonderCon? Anything? Ethan's gonna say meh. Meh. That's that's Ethan's catchphrase. Well, here's the, okay. Let me ask oh, you. Oh, this. Oh, wait, wait, I didn't me... pick up Last of Us. 
Yeah, I, don't, I actually thought you should have. I found it in a half. I know. Thing. I know you pointed it Mikey, out. To me. Mikey actually picked up Last of Us. I'm sure he did. Mikey <laughs> likes Alex. Uh No, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't Mikey. It was Robert. Robert picked it up. Oh, Roberto, I love the kid. Well, so this. Me. Yeah. Would you go next year? And are you excited to go next year? Yes, and <laughs> depends really. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. No, so I'll yes, go, she'll go next year, I'll but go it depends. Next year, but I mean, like for me, it's it's all about like what's going to be there. So I can't say that I'm excited to go because I don't know who's going to be there. I mean, yeah, there. I mean, there's going to be obviously the normal amount of people or normal people that are usually there at cons. But you know, like if I see a certain artist or if I see you know someone who's doing a signing or if I know there's going to be some panel that I'm going to enjoy going to. Then yeah, I would say I'll be more excited once I see that. Are you excited to go to San Diego? Because you haven't been there since '07, right? No, I am. It's different. <laughs> you see, so you seem so excited was right it, now. Was it? Was it's it almost midnight. It was '07. Yeah, it was. 07. Crap, was it? Yeah. yeah. Yikes! I thought it was like eight or nine. No, it was, really? it was seven years ago when you guys all showed up. <sighs> wow, time flies. Yeah. That's crazy. You used to actually be able to get hey, but it. Because uh, Arabella, Arabella was born in June, and I left, and it was early July when when mm-hmm. I was seven, and uh, I had left Beth with her about a month. Old. You know, she was about it, a month. It old. was the month that Beth was deciding on whether or not to divorce Rich. No, 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 no. That was in that was two months before that in May at the Star Wars convention when she was nine and a half months pregnant or nine months pregnant, and she's walking around the floor for twelve hours. So that was the year. Cause didn't Kate come down that year too? Yeah, yeah. Kate, and Travis. Kate, Travis, you, mm-hmm. all you, all you fuckers on my floor. Uh, well, Mikey's floor actually. Mikey always sets up the hotel room. Yeah. It's so different now. Now you'll just be on the floor. <laughs> this year. Uh, how time flies, right? Yeah. So like, with, I don't know. Yeah, excited's probably. The I can wrong say I'm more excited because I'm. I'm Almost guaranteeing that there's going to be a Walking Dead panel there that I'm going to be at. That you're not going to be able to get into. You're not going to be able to um, get into it. I'll be there the day before. <laughs> All right, go. That's good. You don't have to sleep on the floor there. You can sleep. There you uh, go. You can sleep I'll on the sleep concrete. on the floor. <laughs> yeah, you can sleep on the concrete the outside of. Whatever, Ethan, whatever Ethan may be the only one of us that does the Walking Dead experience thing that they do. No. I saw that. Did they even do that last year? It wasn't last year. Like I know it was in Petco, but it wasn't in the same spot because you could. Just seems like a lot of walking. It was. It was. It was at Petco. It's called the Walking Dead. No, I was gonna say it was at Petco. It wasn't in the same spot. They didn't make it as big because Nerd HQ took it. Was like on the other half. Fuck Nerd HQ. (laughs) Sons of bitches. How much did that fool have? Look it up right now. Look it up right now. (laughs) Come on, I want to see it. Let's go. Twelve dollars. I don't know if excited for me is the same. It's. It's. I always love going to cons because you know I still buy stuff. I still like finding. New mm-hmm. stuff. I still get excited by like cool art or whatever. Um, you are excited about going to Comic Con. No, I'm always excited about going to Comic Con. I'm talking about going to WonderCon next year. Was it was Indie Go Go or is it? No, it was. Uh, Kickstarter. No, it wasn't Kickstarter because it was Indie Go Go because we said he gets his money no matter what. Yeah. Um. I'll see what this thing is. Yeah. Also. No, I mean, I always get excited. It was. It was different for this. Holy crap. He's two hundred eighty-one thousand dollars. That's not much more than what he had. Oh, he had nine hundred ninety-two. Yeah, so yeah, he was under two. Yeah, he's still not going to make a million dollars before he needs it. I did see a girl. He's got three days left. Yeah, he's going to extend. That. I saw a girl at WonderCon who was wearing a T-shirt. On the back of it said, "Please I donate five dollars. I want my Nerd HQ." 
I, I saw a lot of I want my nerd age. Not a lot. I saw a couple people wearing my nerd age. I was, I was thinking. I walked away from them because I really. <laughs> there was one point I saw one. I remember seeing one. It was like early Saturday morning, and I almost texted both of you. Like, grab the camera, come down here. I want to interview this guy. I want to talk to this guy and ask him what what he thinks he's getting out of Nerd HQ, because that's the that's the perspective that we haven't gotten. Mm-hmm. You know, like almost in fairness of of someone. You know, we have someone like me that just thinks this is a total sham, but also I don't participate in it. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Now was I'll, I'll find someplace else to find my to find my charger. I wanted. I, I kind of <laughs> wanted to talk to that that type of person. So for the three people that are listening, that are probably still listening, if one of you. Is going like you're a supporter of Nerd HQ. You let us know. E- yes, you need to email us and let us know because I really. In all seriousness, I want to interview that person. I want to talk to that person and ask them what they think of it from that other perspective. Right. That isn't you know. I know what Zach Levi thinks of it. I'm just trying to think of why someone would like Robert has a friend that's donated like a hundred dollars. Oh really? Or he's donating like a hundred dollars a month. Wow. You know, through it or something like that, and. It's like a friend of a friend, so I don't think I could ever get a hold of that person. But I just – he said the same thing. Robert's like, I don't understand what this person is doing. I don't understand what he thinks he's getting out of it. Now, the T-shirt that you saw the guy wearing, was that a handmade one or was it one – No, it was, like, it was like an official one. Okay, because the it one It looked I official saw... to me anyway because it had the logo on it, and it was just – it was on the front, and it just said, I want my – across like what would be the chest, and then right, right in the middle, right under it, it had the Nerd HQ symbol. Okay, because the one I saw, the girl had looked like it handwritten on the back of it. Well, sure she did. The one that I think we saw the same person uh, when we were standing in line for one of the panels, or I came in with one of the lines where the panels were. Right. Um, she had like a piece of paper that she safety pinned to the back of her shirt, saying like, "I don't want to donate your money to Nerd HQ because I want my Nerd HQ or whatever." Like I was like, "Really? I'm just gonna write it with a piece of uh, like a pen <laughs> and paper, and then safety pin it to the back of your shirt." Well, that's that's a grassroots campaign right there. You know, oh, I want. <laughs> I just I don't understand it, and he has two hundred eighty-one thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So yeah, um, no, I'm, more I'm, than a quarter of a million. Dollars. WonderCon next year is going to be weird because it's also they're not going to be able to do it the same time as they're doing it now because April fifteenth of next year is the Star Wars celebration and in Anaheim. So it's either going well, to it be, depends on when Easter is. If Easter is in marching next year, that's probably where they'll hold it. That they they You're seem to be maybe within a week or two of each other. If they, doesn't matter. It's a different crowd. It's different enough that I, I think. I told Beth I hope they're like a week. Apart. I'm also wondering. I, I'm I'm su- sincerely wondering if they're actually going to hold celebration that early. It's it's uh, they're already selling tickets. I know they are, but it's not that hard to say. If you already bought tickets, guess what? It's in October. Uh, I just like I, I said, I wouldn't be. Su- I don't think they will. I would not be surprised if they move it. I wouldn't be surprised if it, they moved it to the weekend of May fourth. I, 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 there's no reason to move it that small. If you're going to move it, they're going to move it closer to the release because the whole point of when it was supposed to be there was supposed to be right around the right. release. It was the week before the release. Mm-hmm. I, again, I don't think they will right. because it is a major. You know, it's a major logistical nightmare, but it's still a year and a half away. No, it's if you yeah, well, yes. it's a year away it's from year, right yeah. now. If you move it, you still give people a year and a half right mm-hmm. to do it. You know, if they decide to do it sometime soon. So, see, and they usually hold celebration like in August or you know, like June somewhere. It is usually in the summer months. Well, except well, it's in the summer months, but they held celebrate they held celebration four that we went to on the exact thirtieth anniversary, right? Because it was so, yeah, the it was 30th. The, yeah, it was in it was in May, and they and, and mm-hmm. a lot, I mean, I think the earlier ones were in May. 
Yeah. So the one the they early, started doing the, it the down at Disney The earliest ones World. were the, the Celebration 1 was the week before. Mm-hmm. Celebration 2 was the week before Attack of the Clones. Right. Celebration 3, I think, was the same thing. It was the week before uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith came out. So, anyway. yeah. It, it depends on when Easter is next year. I think they'll hold it that same weekend. Um, it's going to be in Anaheim for a while. I had a couple of people ask me about you know, whether I thought it would stay in Anaheim or not. I don't think they have any place else to go. There's, no, no, place the else, there's no place else that's going to hold them. And Anaheim seems to love having them there. I, I, again, wouldn't be surprised. I'm actually surprised already that they haven't announced a long-term deal. Right. I think there'll be one in, the ne- in place in the next year or two, especially now that you know, the whole turmoil with San Diego is kind of mm-hmm. gone by the wayside as they signed a big deal with them. So that San Diego Board of Tourism can continue to rape them for prices. Um, I think they're happy there. I think Anaheim is happy to have them there. It also, if it comes out to be that it wasn't as well attended as it was the year before, then maybe they do something different. Maybe they move it a lot because a lot of these other cons seem to be in places. Salt Lake City was not in May last year. I think it was. Well, neither was uh, uh, was the fall. Yeah, I think so. It, 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 and the other thing is, all these cons are there's so many medium tier cons and big tier cons now that something's gonna something's gonna supplant something else. C2E2, as big as people are saying it is, C2E2 is still not as large as they always thought it was gonna be. No, I mean, last year it was it was like five or six. Like, look, the, the, the surprise last year was Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City, I think, was held in the early in the fall, it was like. Really early in the fall, just right. the end of summer. It's the fourth largest con mm-hmm. in North America in its first year. Only WonderCon New York and Comic-Con were bigger. Yep. That's insane. Um, see, you know, beats out C2E2. It beats out AwesomeCon. It beats out Emerald City. It beats out DragonCon. Um, you're going to struggle to find space where there's not something around it now. You know, Everybody kind of stays away from Comic-Con, but I, I, I don't know. It's It's... It's just one of those things where you, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. It's yeah, I just sort of wonder what their numbers are going to look like. You know, they're not going to release numbers because they never do, but you kind of will get a general sense. I know they said with the first time it was in Anaheim was the most tickets they've ever sold, and right. they said last year was over the year before because um, it sold out for everything. And if, even if it's sold out this year, it doesn't mean that there's, you know, it could be that there's more press or there's more pros or there's more staff or what have you, and there wasn't as many fans, but... You know, it looked like some of the vendors were happy, uh, but I also know other vendors said that that they weren't. So it's, it's just, it's kind of that. Really, don't know. I, I think, I don't think you're you're sitting there wondering, oh, the future of WonderCon is up in the air. I just think there's small details with it. Like, I don't where, think it's when really are they up in the air. It? I think, I think just. I said there it's small details. It's sort of like, when are they going to hold it? When are they going to try and max out who's going to be there? Mm-hmm. Are they going to try and open themselves to more media companies coming in? Like there was one small media company with. Some movie that was coming out. It was like a booth in the middle of nowhere, up yeah, front. It was, it was uh, like it was tucked in between it was stuff. The quiet ones or something. Yeah, it was something like that. So, you know, and that's what Comic Con used to be too. There used to be the small media booths with those kind of right. you know, those kind of ones would would be there, um, but you wouldn't see the big guys there. Uh, I don't know. It's like I said, this felt weird, but I also think part of it is <sighs> this is the fifth major con I've attended in. A year. Right. From WonderCon last year to WonderCon San Diego, Kamikaze, WonderCon, and then also did like Central Coast Con, and then didn't I do something else? I don't remember. I thought I did something else too. Yeah, you know, and I, I felt the same way. It did. It didn't feel 
bad, but it just felt a little off or felt a little, felt a little weird. No, like I said, it was, it was a different experience. I, and I still had fun. Don't get me wrong. I still no, had no, fun. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I had fun. It was a little different. Like I talked about Comic-Con last year, the fact that I felt like I spent almost the entire Comic-Con alone, which was an odd experience for me. It's sort of the same thing here. I didn't spend a lot of time actually on the floor with anybody. Yeah. You know, well, I know you and I self. usually like, we'll, you know, I know we have we have some panels together, but we'll hit like, yeah, the boots of death today. together, things like that. But well, for me, it's it's very different because you remember I used to I went to Comic-Con with Mikey for 11 years straight where we were barely apart from each other. Right. You know, in terms of when we were on the floor, we would split apart to go to panels because mm-hmm. we have different interests uh, for some of the panels that we would go do. But we would do the floor, do lunch. And do you know every time we were on the floor at lunch together in the last couple of years that that whole schedule has gotten yeah I saw, up. I saw Mikey when I gave it's him funny his as badge there's and more and more pe- as more and more people that I know go there's less time that I spend with anybody right so it is kind of odd because that I think that's part of that experience is walking through stuff and like pointing stuff out and going oh check that out or check that out you know the Ninja Bot thing when I first saw it I'm standing there going I want to show this to everybody yeah. but there's nobody else here I don't know what everybody's doing so it, it took like. I had to take two different trips to bring people there to right. actually show where where everything was. So, but yeah, and that's, I mean, it was a, it was a it was a good experience, and uh, I think the interviews we did were really good. And um, I'm going to get those up on our website as soon as possible, and I'm so I'm going to put them up individually also on uh, SoundCloud and uh, on Blip and everything, so that way you can just go to that interview if you want. Uh, but yeah, so as always, you can. Uh, Find us on Stitcher Radio, which is, you know, as we always say, it's a great way to listen to us. But it really is because you can pick it real fast, and it gives you, as soon as, like, our podcast ends, it gives you some other podcasts that are related to it that you can immediately start listening to. I don't think there's anybody that's actually related to us. Uh, believe it or not, there is quite a bit. Um, nobody's like Not by choice. <laughs> oh, what you're saying is we're just that nobody's, good. Nobody's like us. We're also on SoundCloud, Blip.TV, and it iTunes. It gives you 45 minutes of Ozzy Osbourne in the middle of the Captain America review. <laughs> Nobody but me. <laughs> or the fact that we did Arnold Schwarzenegger for like the entire trip down. That was great. Oh, I missed that. Oh, so much traffic. Stupid. Uh, no- nothing makes you more angry at the fact that no one has invented a fucking teleporter than being on the 91 and the 57 freeway. On In rush hour. Yeah, on Thursday, at like middle of the afternoon. So if you have invented a teleporter, please let us know. Go to facebook.com backslash nerdables. I can work that in. Or to go to Twitter at Nerdables Show. Uh, you can also visit our website, nerdables.com, to listen to this podcast and all the other podcasts and check out uh, our cool interviews we did with Scott Lost, uh, Jay Salvador, Jay Salvador, and Ninja, and Ninja Bot. Thank you very much. So for Chris and Ethan, I'm saying nothing. <laughs> I'm just going to let Thank it go. Thank God. <laughs>